Can you believe that next week is Thanksgiving week? I bring that up as we crank up the Robert Scott Bell Show for a November 17th, 2022 edition, Sacred Fire of Liberty with Jonathan Emore coming up, as well as the sacred deliciousness of cheesecake. <laughs> I had to bring that up. Uh, Jen Jacobson is going to join us for the first time. You've, you might have seen her on Fox News and other outlets. She stood strong against uh, Oregon trying to shut her down during COVID. She's, ah, no, you don't have the authority to do that. We love that. We're going to feature her. And, of course, Thanksgiving's coming up, so you might want to order a cheesecake. They even have vegan ones. That and a whole lot more with Jonathan E. Mord on the Robert Scott Bell Show, robertscottbell.com slash listen. Join us in the chat room. We'll, ch we'll see you there in just a moment because we're about to get started. Robert, Scott, the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. My friends, no matter what title you all, my colleagues, have bestowed upon me, speaker, leader, whip, there is no greater official honor for me than to stand on this floor and to speak for the people of San Francisco. This I will continue to do as a member of the House, speaking for the people of San Francisco, serving the great state of California, and defending our Constitution. And with great confidence in our caucus, I will not seek re-election to Democratic leadership in the next Congress. For me, the hours come for a new generation to lead the Democratic caucus that I so deeply respect. And I'm grateful that so many are ready and willing to shoulder this awesome responsibility. All right, she's going out to pasture. Apparently, uh, Pelosi says she's... <laughs> yeah, that is a little... A little bit of cheers to hear them. Enthusiastically. Haven't we had enough of, any, of Nancy Pelosi? See, there, things are looking up. Uh, it's not all bad. We've got cheesecake to talk about now or two, but before we get there, we got to go through the sacred fire of liberty. And who doesn't want to do that? Sharpen your metal, right? Strengthen your resolve. The love of liberty that we share here. Jonathan Emord is back. How are you, my brother? I'm doing well, Robert. It's good to see Nancy Pelosi uh, remove herself from leadership. Um, that's a very good thing for the United States. It's the greatest contribution she can make. Um, <laughs> we finally daughter, support her in her in her choices. <laughs> yes. Her daughter, in an interview, described Nancy Pelosi this way, and I think it is an apt description. She said that, her mother could slit your throat without you even knowing that you were bleeding and uh, without you even realizing it. And that is her history. Her history has been one of being a, a really malicious and malign leader who has directed this country, misdirected this country in so many ways. She has distinguished herself by her assumption of power by her abuse of uh, insider information in acquiring stock and amassing, amassing a fortune, and uh, also in her vindictiveness and in her ability to scapegoat people. This is a, a person whose legacy is one of brute power and destruction of enemies, and it is not an enviable situation if you are a person who has love for fellow man, compassion, sense of decency and fairness, 
So it's good to see her go. The only sad part is that she still remains in Congress. But yeah, there is that, isn't there? Not in the leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there were some transitions. Um, didn't go as uh, some had predicted with the proverbial red wave. And I think that has a lot to do. Well, look, there's controversies that you're apparently not allowed to mention in certain areas. It's very strange. The vote that continues until they find just the right number uh, to you know prevent certain candidates from getting in. And there's still some controversy out there in Arizona. But suffice it to say, I think we need more candidates that have an ability to communicate their views and what they will do different from slogans, different from previous generations of both Democrats and Republicans that really actually know, as you do, the history of how we got here and are able to elucidate that and persuade based on your intellectual capacity and encouraging others in their intellectual capacity to go beyond just, again, blind uh, slogans of, um, I don't know, emotional appeal. There's certainly emotions to appeal to. I agree and I understand that. That's often directing people to do things without thinking. Well, I think that uh, a lot can be learned from Ron DeSantis uh, and his example in Florida, where there was an overwhelming success. And in no small measure, unlike in the national scene where a majority of independents voted Democratic, uh, voted for the Democrats, in his state, the overwhelming majority of independents voted for him. And I think that people, when you go back and you analyze these elections, there are a number of factors, many of which are unique to specific parts of the country. But an overarching theme, I think, is that a candidate that does not present solutions, a clear game plan, telling people what that candidate will vote for, and what bills that candidate will introduce is one who is missing the message of the electorate, which is tell us specifically what you're going to do. We want to know in order to exercise the franchise intelligently. If you don't do that, you proceed at your own peril. And I think that's a clear message that needs to hit home with people. There, As you're pointing out, they're tired of people complaining. Mm -hmm. They want people to give solutions to these problems. And then yeah. they'll evaluate the relative merits of those solutions. And once again, why I enjoy so much when we get together each and every week, or if we can get together off the air at certain times at events and things, because we talk about these things from a, a cause and link to effect scenario so that people are not victimized by what is happening presently. So you kind of path back to, hey, here's what happened, then this happened, then this, and here's how it's all connected. The very thing I lacked in my government indoctrination center education or upbringing, I went to public school. I hated history. Why would I hate history? I love history now, but back then, the way they taught it in, in grade school and high school was just a series of uh, random events and facts and dates and times and places but never connecting anything with anything. So we understood, well, why did that happen? Was there anything that happened before it? And are we suffering or benefiting by what happened? You know, none of that was taught. And I don't hear much from people in politics, both Democrat and Republican, quite honestly, that ties those two things together like you've done in your books, as well as what we do here on the show. And of course, why I am still encouraging everybody, if you haven't done so, go to emord4va, emord4virginia.com to support Jonathan Emord's attempts to convert from what we call an exploratory committee 
to run for the United States Senate in Virginia two years hence against Tim Kaine to an actual candidate, which has not officially happened yet. But I would just, there you go. There, Super Don's got it. And we want Jonathan E. Mord to run for the United States Senate in Virginia. emord4va.com. Y'all check that out. And you'll see, this is different. You all know Jonathan. He's been with me on this show for about 10 years now. And uh, there's nothing hidden. That's the thing about it. The only thing that concerns me, Jonathan, is that you've been hanging out with me for 10 years. They might use that against you. I'm sure they will, Robert. Here's the thing. Uh, bring it on because I'm happy to defend my views. I'm happy to argue and try to persuade. Hmm. I'm, I am certain there are people who are opposed to my views. But I'll tell you, if you're going to solve the problems of this country, you have to take on the issues directly and you have to tell people truthfully what you're going to do. And when it comes to the number one issue, this is a centerpiece of my focus on, on problems in this country. The next generation, what you're talking about, we have got to save our children. They are being abused in the public schools. And I mean child abuse. We've got a situation in Virginia schools and across the country where kids are being indoctrinated and not educated where gender orientation propaganda is being given them, where their, their own identity is being stripped away from them such that they don't even have a connection to their biological birth gender. And girls' sports are being invaded by trans uh, females who are really males. The idea that you can change someone's sexuality from their birth gender to, some, to an opposite gender is an absolute lie. They're mutilating kids with mastectomies and castration. I mean, we have a real problem. Kids are having their hopes and dreams stolen from them, their youth taken away from them. They're being sexualized in the schools. So what do you do about this? Well, in addition to the state agenda, which I think is must be like Florida in stripping away the ability of the schools to engage in CRT and gender uh, orientation teaching, they ought, to, uh, they ought to do something else, which is if a school commits one of these acts of child abuse, if they violate the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause by segregating kids based on race and by attributing characteristics to kids based on race or gender, we ought to go after them and strip them of any federal funding that is given to the school. And likewise, when it comes to uh, the sexualization of children. If there's any sexualization of children, if there's any abuse or encouragement of uh, transferring a kid into a trans environment, that ought to be a basis for cutting off federal funding. Uh, and if there's any suppression of dissent on political views, insistence on a uniform orthodoxy under CRT, uh, that ought to likewise be, a, uh, it is a violation of the First Amendment, ought to likewise be a basis for cutting off federal funding. So it's mm -hmm. time to use the power of the purse from the federal government to ensure that this comes to an end. And it's time that we also end all Department of Education regulations that promote this radical agenda in the schools. Well, and I would argue further than that, how about eliminate the Department of Education uh, is it a constitutional organization? Is it part of the oligarchy that is dictating things that, that should be determined on a state and local level? Why is that in, at all in existence? As much of the oligarchy, as you pointed out, uh, shouldn't be in existence. But you can argue as to 
why that is as opposed to uh, making just emotional pleas. And yes, I acknowledge that part of our life is, is emotional. I don't mean to deny that, but I think that we want to appeal to the intellect here, get beyond just the, you know, ah, man, I tell you, throwing the raw meat. It's like, can we be a little bit more mature and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm passionate about these subjects, and but they're based also on what I've studied, what I've learned, or what Jonathan Emore could throw out to the world and go, hey, consider this. And this is the reason why this is a problem as opposed to it's a problem and I want to complain about it. You should vote for me, right? It's, oh, you're so. Let me say this too, Robert. Mm -hmm. In addition to the things, the solutions I just mentioned, we ought to also great, greatly expand school choice all across the nation. There ought to be school choice. You ought to be able to take your child out of a failing school or a school that's engaged in these kind of abuses and put your child where you want the child, either in another school or at home. And we ought to have the tax dollars follow that so mm -hmm. that if you're, you know, you should be able to have the tax dollars that would be otherwise expended by that public school for that particular pupil or allocated to that school for that particular pupil, that when that child leaves and goes to another school, the funding should be available to the parent to follow, not be uh, wedded to the failing school. We need competition. We need to force these schools. They're in this la-la land where they're engaged in all this propaganda and they're not yeah. emphasizing excellence in education so that kids can excel and can be appreciated for their talents and that their hopes and dreams can be realized. Instead, we've got this whole very depressive, very oppressive environment mm -hmm. where kids are afraid that they might use the wrong pronoun, mm -hmm. uh, where they're scared to death about what's going to confront them if they utter any objection or any scruple, any analysis that deviates one iota from the dictation coming from a teacher in the classroom. I mean, this is not education. This is indoctrination. This is a concentration camp, not a school. We need to get back to allowing parents to have control over education. Their rights need to be protected. Parents have a right to educate their children. They have a right to the upbringing and control of the environment for their children so that they're safe and they're learning and they can excel. And that's what we have to fight for. That's what we're Jonathan, you, you speak, you're talking about education and you know, we've, you've mentioned a bunch of the problems that are happening. You got to see this in New Jersey, New Jersey now has mandated that all schools in New Jersey must teach climate change, a.k.a. global warming, a.k.a. global cooling, a.k.a. ice age, a.k.a. we're going to melt and die. Basically, they're required to teach climate change beginning in kindergarten and in every subject, art, social studies, world languages, and P.E. My gosh, you better not work out too hard in P.E. because those kids might breathe extra hard and that CO2 coming out. You know what I'm saying? This is a radical agenda. This is a radical agenda where they're force feeding kids this whole far left viewpoint. They aren't allowing freedom of speech. They aren't allowing free discussion. They aren't allowing dissent. Yeah. Creating an environment of propagandistic education. I mean, climate change is a theory. Climate change is open to debate. We the and we've been debating it. We not. I we mean, you scientists. And meteorologists here on this show, Jonathan, that dispute this whole CO2 yeah. causing the war. It's like, good Lord, there are so many other factors on our weather constantly all the time, including the sun activity. We're in a solar system as well as even volcanism, volcanic activity below the oceans causing warming, cooling. And that creates the El Nino, La Nina phenomenon. We just had that on this week. 
And yet none of that is allowed to be discussed. It's only about breathing out CO2, carbon, whatever. Everybody's a carbon spewer. So therefore you might as well take, I mean, they're going to teach kids that in order to be good people on the planet, just go ahead and kill yourself. You think I'm exaggerating? No. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that where this is leading to. Logical consequence of this far left radical thinking about the environment. There are solutions to the environment that involve to pollution problems that involve unleashing the free market and giving tax incentives and tax credits and tax deductions for innovations, private innovations, not driven by government planning, private innovations. Why is it that a company would pursue? an innovation that would reduce pollution because it's actually actually economically beneficial to do that. It's economically beneficial to reduce carbon emissions because you can transfer that into energy creation rather than into a situation where it's simple pollution. Pollution is inefficient, inefficient and expensive. So that's why over time, the greatest innovations in, in the environment have come about not by government orders, mm -hmm. but by private sector innovation. We need to encourage that innovation, and that's the solution. But if you say that our future is going to be windmills, solar panels, and electric cars, that's a, a government planned solution. You already know that that's not working. You mm -hmm. already know that the blackouts in California will become nationwide if windmills and and solar panels are mandated. You know that the state after state, the entire state's territory will have to be dedicated to windmills and solar farms. And it, it still won't be enough, Jonathan. You it know that. And then when you talk about the electric car, do people realize that rare earth minerals used to create these batteries in China, were, by the way, they were transferring all the wealth of the United States to China through this brilliant far left plan. But mm -hmm. When you when you when you depend on uh, electric cars over fossil fuel driven cars, gasoline driven cars, what you end up with is a massive uh, reduction in the global uh, uh, availability of rare earth minerals, and the consequence of that is to drive the price up of the battery for the electric car to triple or quadruple of what it is right now. A government mandate. Years. Yeah. If the government mandates this in just a few years, even just California, but if the whole nation were forced into uh, electric cars, within a year or two, the cars would be absolutely unaffordable. I want to talk about, uh, well, I, I, I want to talk about so many things with you, Jonathan. There's so much going on, uh, including, you know, our exporting of inflation around the world due to the growth of government, the Federal Reserve policies, things that we've been talking about. Ron Paul has been talking about it forever and the exporting through China. Of course, we're sending the, the Federal Reserve notes to China. China's going, sure, we'll take it. We'll, we'll send you battery technology that you'll be hooked on us and windmill tech. You'll be hooked on us. And you're you're so dependent. We'll be so dependent to a communist nation for our very existence. And I think that the policies that would in, in, in fact mandate batteries like this, as you point out, will be unaffordable and untenable. Therefore, the World Economic Forum, so to speak, Klaus Schwab gets the wish. You will own nothing and like it because you won't be able to afford right. the technology. So you'll be reliant upon the government to get you around if you want to travel anywhere. And that will tie into their stated goal, by the way, at the uh, G20 summit in, was it in Egypt right now? 
where they put it on the rock on the record. They really don't want to give up on vaccine passports. That's part of their their globalist plan yeah, to bring them right. back. It's a it's an agenda of centralized government control. We call that communism. It's an agenda to create a communist nation. When you take over the economy on the basis of far left radical green ideas, that's what they're doing instead of directly arguing uh, that the that the bourgeoisie ought to be fighting the proletariat in pure Marxist terms. Now they have us the uh, divided predicated upon those who are greenies and those who are not. And if you are not, you're condemned. You're condemned in the schools. You're condemned in society. But the reality is the solution to these problems of pollution lies in not destroying man's environment and making man an endangered species. Do you, if you want to go back to the Stone Age for your family and your children in the future, you will adopt this green agenda. If you want to be rational, practical, and intelligent and save the United States rather than destroy it, you have to look for a middle ground and the middle ground is available to us through the free market by just encouraging innovation on the yeah. pollution side. And you can do that through tax policy. And we have examples like Dr. David Martin, who mm -hmm. has made oil absolutely pristine, the purest oil on the planet, coming through a process that he in invented that can actually do that very thing with oil. And yeah. he is just one person. If you want to look, there are numerous people, my client ECM biofilms, that can make a conventional plastic that is entirely biodegradable. Unbelievable. Yeah, and those didn't come from government mandates. No. And in fact, the irony, as you point out, because we've talked about this, they make an innovation like that, and the government fights them to prevent it from being on the market because others have captured the government. It was the most outrageous thing, characteristic of the Federal Trade Commission. We're going to talk more about that. Mm. The Federal Trade Commission is a political animal that goes after parties with a biased prosecution. You can't get justice within the FTC because the uh, judge, ultimate judge, is also the party bringing the charges. This goes back to my solution on that, which has been to eliminate the administrative law judge system in this country and to require everything to go through independent courts and to have de novo review mm -hmm. of agency of agency actions and charges. Jonathan, I've not heard, heard one even Republican candidate say what you've just said. Not one. And right. maybe I, I haven't heard everyone, but have you met any of them? No, no one has said that because it's a new answer to this old problem. And in addition, yeah. there's a new answer. Actually, Ron Paul introduced it, but I wrote it uh, with uh, Norm Singleton in his office, which is the Congressional Responsibility and Accountability Act. The bigger problem with the agencies is that they violate the Constitution from the get-go. We've got over 200 of them operating, making three-quarters of all the laws in this country. That violates Article One, Section 1 of the Constitution that vests in Congress the exclusive power to make law. How do you fix that? Well, you can fix it in a very simple way, and we did that with the act that I'm talking about. And this is what I would do. I would not allow any new regulation to be enforced by an agency 
unless it was passed into law by Congress, by the people's elected representatives, representing their will. And if, if it's not so passed, it cannot be implemented. And then when it comes to existing regulations, they should all be sunset within three years unless Congress passes them. And in that way, we gain yeah. control through Congress, through our elected representatives of this law, part yeah. of, of the government, which now represents almost all law made in America. You can't have a republic unless you do this. Mm -hmm. Now, this article I want to talk to you about, I just sent it to you. I just saw it this morning. It's uh, James Linesweiler. Dr. Jack is a friend of ours. He's a PhD, brilliant researcher and just a kind man. And uh, it, it's headline is very funny. FTC loses their internet connection, cannot search PubMed and YouTube. <laughs> why, why is that a headline? Well, our friend Eric Naputi, who's a, a St. Louis-based doctor of chiropractic, is facing the potential of more than $500 billion in civil penalties via a federal lawsuit against him that alleges he profited from selling vitamin D and zinc products in violation of the COVID-19 Consumer Protection Act. And it, you saw this article. This is a classic FTC trap trying to make an example of anyone who would dare point to any scientific substantiation for the use of a, a dietary supplement in the strengthening of the body, of the immune system, of the health to maybe even prevent. Did I say that? Yes, prevent a disease from manifesting. What do you see in this article that the FTC is doing new or is it the same story just trying to make an example of one guy? This is the same story. The FTC, based on a hunch or a belief by one of the commissioners without uh, establishing an evidentiary basis for proceeding, goes after someone and alleges they're engaged in deceptive advertising. Now, let me say something about this. You don't have anybody complaining who are consumers, okay? You've got someone who came up with uh, information in the marketplace that is really well established about vitamin D, enhancing immune system function, and so on. You have people who purchase this product. You don't have people who are injured by the products. You don't have people who are who uh, think that they were duped. They understood they were getting vitamins. They didn't understand that they were getting a treatment or cure for COVID. They understood that this might prevent the COVID from happening, but that in fact is true. If you have a strong immune system, you are less, as the government said itself, you have a no. strong immune system, you're less apt to get COVID or less apt to get severe symptoms than if you have a weak immune system or have comorbidities, as they mentioned. So what is this all about? This is all about punishing a party that didn't follow the Biden party line. So about punishing an individual because they were prominent in not following the Biden party line, which was do not consider anything a treatment for COVID. There is one answer, it's mass vaccination, nothing else. And so numerous companies out there did what this company did not, which is self-censor. Numerous companies out there refused to tell people that vitamin D3 was good for them to take to reduce their risk of contracting or, or being injured by COVID, that multivitamins, omega-3 fatty acids and their anti-inflammatory properties, uh, numerous other bromelian and numerous other um, vitamins and minerals could be used mm -hmm. to help improve your immune system function and minimize your risk of disease, as well as reducing weight and exercise and so on. So rather than have a health approach to protection, we had no approach. No approach was, at all. Suppress was, anything that might work. 
Yeah. And, and so you were kind of left to believe that no matter what you do to improve your health, it's not going to make any difference. Mm -hmm. And so that was a lie. And that was a deception by the government itself. Here you had somebody who was raising his hand and saying, hey, look, no, no. If you take these vitamins and minerals, you're going to improve your health. And if you improve your health and improve your immune system, you might not get COVID. Or if you get it, it might be less uh, significant. Well, what is the harm of, of people communicating a message like that? Well, yeah. Well, you know, the harm is clearly the harm to the sales of products that have, uh, again, shown, now, been shown to be dangerous and not efficacious at all. And the punishment is so draconian. I mean, this is a punishment far greater than any child abuse that takes place in the schools. As we know, they now seem to think child abuse is the way to go in the schools. I mean, you look at the horrible things being done to kids all over this country, and then you compare it to this person. Who has harmed no one. Trying to, trying to help. Yeah. Who didn't harm anybody. And they're going to impose a $500 billion fine on someone who doesn't obviously have that kind of money. Or... They're going to try to completely destroy their business. They probably already are in dire straits financially. They're going to put them in a position where uh, all the employees have to be fired. Yeah, the destruction of the economy. Employee at the company is going to have to lose their job. Yeah, it's that's because of this outrageous so, government action. Ronald Reagan said that we should have gotten rid of the FTC, and he was absolutely right. We really should get rid of the FTC. This is a malicious institution that is engaged like a wrecking ball going through our society and destroying businesses that are either enemies of the administration or enemies of these far left commissioners who run the FTC. And Jonathan, it, I, it, 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 there's no good that comes out of this. Right? Not at all. I want to ask you because your experience as an attorney, as I said, you've you've taken on the oligarchy in the courts for decades now. You've beaten the FDA world back record eight, eight times. We've talked about that. And here you have another case, as you said, same old story, just print new names on it, of a guy who is a, a physician, chiropractic physician. He doesn't use drugs in his practice. He supports nutritional um, you know, the nutritional supplementation and health of his patients. And he is actually referencing, funny enough, PubMed published peer-reviewed medical published studies on everything that he's referencing. And in fact, he's even utilizing the fact that our agencies like CDC acknowledge the, that vitamin D does something that's beneficial for the immune system and or officials within the NIH and IAID like Guess what? Fauci has made supportive statements to using that. Yet the FTC deems that this Naputi guy, Dr. Naputi, like a kind man, a caring man, a healer, is a criminal on the order of we need to stop him or else. Five, look, how about $500 billion fine? I mean, what? I mean, the fundamental purpose of the First Amendment was to deprive government of this precise power, mm -hmm. to depend upon a free, open marketplace of ideas in which people were respected for their intelligence and they were allowed to decide for themselves what is in their own best interest. That's the fundamental purpose of the First Amendment to the Constitution, to turn over sovereignty over issues of speech and press to each individual and to not allow government to set a national agenda. What they're trying to do here is drive out of the market with a interorum effect or terror effect uh, all who would question the administration's position, using this guy as an example, beating him over the head with full force of federal government power and, and annihilating him for the purpose of scaring every other a person. A chilling effect on speech, isn't it, for everybody else? And this is a debate, how to treat COVID, how to deal with COVID. We've never seen COVID before. Of course, it is a public debate on how to deal with this. 
This man raised his, his hand and said, I have a point to make in the marketplace of ideas with products too. Yes, mm -hmm. there's no sin in that. The commercial speech doctrine violates the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. Full First Amendment protection should be afforded. We know who he is. We know he has a commercial interest. That doesn't mean what he says is false. And that doesn't mean what he says is true. It has no bearing on the relative truthfulness or lack thereof of his speech. Right. What they say is, oh, no, the government can say what he said, but we're the government. We don't what have we don't sell things in the market. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then when it comes to, they certainly do. But when it comes to uh, him, just yeah. because, now get this. If he didn't sell vitamins and minerals, what he said would be fully protected from any yeah. government action by the First Amendment. Which, Jonathan, interesting. If he does sell vitamins and minerals, what mm -hmm. he said is going to be given no protection by the FTC. They mm -hmm. won't even evaluate his, his science. He'll present all the science. They couldn't care less. They're going to take this position that you said something based on science that was not provably true beyond any question. And let or me tell you no science, none, is provably true beyond every question. Mm -hmm. There's always a question. Even the most basic science is still being to some degree debated. That's not what the First Amendment says. The First Amendment doesn't say you can't speak unless what you say is proven to the government's satisfaction. That's the opposite of the First Amendment. Right. There's nothing in the Constitution that supports the, the behavior of the FTC. No, we're going to have a free and wide open debate and individuals mm -hmm. are going to decide for themselves and the, the relative merits of what you say are not ultimately important as mm -hmm. to your right to speak. You mm -hmm. have a right to speak about things that are uncertain. You, you, you don't have your First Amendment rights limited to that small universe of things for which almost everyone, including the federal government, most importantly in these instances, agree. Mm -hmm. No, the First Amendment is messy. It's meant to be a wide open, robust debate. Uh, this guy came forward with science to support his position. Good for him. Yes. But if he had a theory, let's say he had a theory about vitamin D without any proof at all. Mm -hmm. And he said, this is my theory. And oh, yeah, I sell vitamin D. Well, he still has the First Amendment to protect. Yes, exactly. Jonathan, you know, he's, a fraud, you he's provably defrauding people. He's yeah, saying, exactly. You take my vitamin D pill. And your your COVID nineteen will go away instantaneously. You will float on air, right? Yeah. Go after him. I, I want to I, I want to remind everybody, and I've said this sometimes over the years because of what I know from Jonathan and others over the years of doing this. You know, I remember back in 1994, the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act. You know that everything that preceded that, I and mean, there was so much outrage in the 90s that the government would take our vitamins away. That was a big deal. And more letters and things before emails and stuff, faxes, I think they had, yes, were sent to Congress than any other um, issue since the Vietnam War. It was a big deal. Now, it wasn't a perfect law that was passed. You, you've, We've discussed this on the air as well. But when I went into broadcast media officially in 1999, when I flipped the microphone switch and started doing this, this show, I elected consciously because of what I knew, partly from you and others, that if I were also selling a product, particularly a dietary supplement, that... I would have nothing but trouble. I would be attacked constantly by the, these government agencies, FTC, FDA, et cetera. And I elected to make a decision that would harm me. I would say this harm economically. Uh, you think about all the things I could have sold that I know worked 
had I tied in my knowledge and shared that scientifically. And I said, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to be compromised. I don't want to be limited in my freedom to speak my, the truth. I believe even back, back by science to help people that I felt needed help. That included me. That's horrible. And you know what, Robert, you know how horrible that is because your situation is replicated hundreds of thousands of times across the universe of people who sell health products. They mm -hmm. can't say what their products will do. And you know what that does? It kills innovation. It kills competition. It makes it impossible for people to know the full extent of the both the health benefits and health detriments of elements in food. So they can't select based on what's really in their best health interest. They can't exercise their own discretion. This is not only uh, harming people's speech rights, this is actually killing people because when you tell people, when you don't let people understand a critical health benefit of a food or a dietary supplement and they go throughout their life unaware of it and they make decisions in the marketplace that are against their health interests, then you have an uptick in atherosclerosis. You have an uptick in, in, in heart disease. You have an uptick in cancer. You have an uptick in diabetes and all these logical issues are everything threatening yeah. that are life threatening and to understand i mean what they've done is they've limited to mm -hmm. an elite group like you robert and other people who have information the ability to maximize health benefits and they've denied that same opportunity to everyone else in the country well it's time to tear down those borders I would end FDA censorship of any health information, absolutely strip them of any jurisdiction and power to do that. And I would likewise get rid of the FTC, not just simply deny FTC power. FTC is rotten to the core. Reagan knew it. We've known it for a long, long time. This is an agency that proceeds in the marketplace based on scant information. You don't have your constitutional rights protected by this agency. It'll go after you. It'll use general warrants to obtain all the information without uh, in violation of the Constitution. And <clears throat> when it comes to fairness, there is none at the FTC. This is a political hack job operation. It's time we recognized it and got rid of it. It would only help our country if we got rid of it. In instances of true fraud, there's the Justice Department. They can go after people. And the state's attorneys general can do it. But when it comes to the FTC, there's no justification for that agency. It's long overdue that we close that place down. Would you, would you take a case on like this? Or this is like something you could do in your sleep. You know all of the tricks that the FTC is going to throw at this case. Yes. And, I, and, and we certainly do. But I wish this man, uh, you know, 100% good luck with this. I, I'm sorry to say that it is a system that is quite corrupt. There are avenues now that the Supreme Court's hinting at. In recent, uh, in two recent cases now before the Supreme Court, the issue is squarely pegged as to whether or not you have to go through an agency proceeding or can go directly to court. And the Supreme Court appears to be poised to act on that issue and likely by a majority will decide mm -hmm. that when a constitutional issue is in place, just like this one is a First Amendment issue, that you can actually go to a federal court in the first instead instance. of the the star chambers of the yeah that's beautiful all right I want I want to we're going to talk about immigration a stunning 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 statement by Chucky e. Schumer in a moment uh, oh, but geez. before we get there I want to remind you 
uh, that you have the availability to participate in the Health Freedom Expo. And you're going, wait, didn't that already happen? Jonathan was there, right? Yeah, he was. And he was amazing. We did amazing things. But guess what? Everything that happened at the Health Freedom Expo in October in Chicago area is happening virtually in February, the 18th and 19th, 2023, online through an app. And we'll be doing an additional health freedom panel, which I'm sure Jonathan and I will participate in. That'll be new and live and other presentations that will be available. And you can get access to that right now. In fact, going to the Trinity Health Freedom Expo site, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. Superdon has a link to it as well. You can get your tickets and be part of that. It's also downloading the Whova app. There's so many great presentations. There's no way, even if you were there, which we were, we could see all of them only a fraction of them. So this is going to be an amazing thing. I want you to plan to participate in the, from the comfort of your own home. I know some of you don't like to travel. Some of you do. And I hope, you, hope you'll be out at these events that we'll be at together, including whenever we get a chance to announce a Jonathan Emort event out there. But hold, hold our horses there for a moment. So Health Freedom Expo, check it out and be there with us. Also, a special thank you to another great dietary supplement company, and that's Nutritional Frontiers. They've done a great job of supporting freedom of speech and looking at the science and supporting it and doing it smartly so they don't end up in trouble. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a, it's, a, it's a daunting task. But go to nutritionalfrontiers.com, use the code RSB15, get 15% discount on all of their great products, including those things that support the immune system, including D and other immune products. And you can also get their certified organic U.S.-grown hemp CBD products that we use here, cbdnf.com. Again, discount code RSB15 that gets you 15% off even sale items. You can double dip because you're part of the Robert Scott Bell Show family. One more thing I want to mention, our AMA for our patron supporters. Our AMA is happening this Saturday, and that'll be the 19th of November, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And Super Don, I'll be there on Zoom interacting with all of y'all, and including those that are not patrons that supported us in our acquisition of the new technology, including Jonathan Emord, but he's going to be busy, but he supplied the amazing board that Super Don has. And some of you have helped us to, to make just great leaps. And I thank you for that. We're going to invite you to that Zoom event as well. That's coming up now, Jonathan, I, I, we've got to play this clip. Then there's a story from Breitbart about open borders, a judge striking down title 42. I want you to explain to everybody, but let's first hear this. You just got to listen. You, you will not believe this is Chucky Schumer. So you might believe it, but listen to what Chuck Schumer had to say about immigration and making all of the illegals legal. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers, but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. Schumer is out of his mind, but he has been for a long time. He's basically saying we want to replace Americans with illegals because we're not having enough babies. And why is that happening? Why is the birth rate down? That's another discussion we can have. But uh, what your, your take on what Schumer said, it's stunning. It is stunning, and it's stunning for this reason. None of us is opposed to legal immigration. Uh, our nation mm -hmm. is comprised of immigrants from all over the world. But we have had in place since the founding of the Republic a system to protect our borders and to protect who comes in and what we do is we vet them. We determine if first they're willing to renounce their own national loyalty and be loyal to the United States. Second, 
that they understand what a republic is and what the laws and uh, are that govern us in this country. Third, that they're willing to sacrifice their lives in defense of those values by acting on behalf of this country to defend it in wars and by ensuring that they are productive citizens that abide by the law. And in addition, that they have something valuable to offer, that they can contribute rather than be dependents upon a welfare state. What the Biden administration has done and what Chuck Schumer has just said is that the millions and millions of unvetted illegal aliens who have poured through our borders because they do not enforce border security should just be turned into American citizens. Now, let me tell you what that does. That enables people who are here uh, because they're engaged in sex trafficking, that they become citizens. That means people that are here who are in MS-13 and 18th Street gangs, they become citizens. That means people that are here who are terrorists, they become citizens. That means people who are here who are going to be totally dependent on the welfare state, they become citizens. That means that we are turning over our country because all of these citizens get to vote and because all of these citizens get public benefits and because all of these citizens will get uh, the benefits of the, the military and police forces and so on. We are turning our country over to individuals who may want to destroy us, who may want to rob us blind, and who may want to act against the laws of this country. Well, that's insane. That's giving up sovereignty to the world. That's taking the United States and destroying it in favor of those who are not demonstrably loyal and productive citizens. And it's making every single American who is mm -hmm. disenfranchised have a vote that is less valuable, be less capable of running and influencing your own country, selecting candidates for office who you wish to run and, and win, or governing yourself. You, it's insane. We're not yeah, talking we're about a few people. We're talking mm -hmm. about millions of people, 5 million that we know just within the last year. Schumer said 11 million or more. He doesn't even know the number. Last two years, 11 million yeah. estimated, but it's likely even higher than that. And mm -hmm. over the next two years, it's going to be much higher than that. So what are they doing? They're building a class of people who never had to meet the requirements of citizenship, who are given citizenship automatically and include in their ranks people who are actual criminals, terrorists, sure. drug traffickers, sex traffickers, and, no vetting. And, no, and even people who have no earthly idea what form of government we're supposed to have. Not that many people in the Democrat Party know that or, anyway. Or that who are absolutely dedicated to a communist government. I mean, mm -hmm. I think Schumer is. And I think yeah, well, that's clear. But he also mentioned their actions. They are. Yeah, he mentioned the lowered population, the lowered reproductive rates. Now, this is. I know we're not going to go into this right now, but this is an ongoing discussion I'm having with a lot of scientists and doctors. 
that the mRNA jab, which is not fully tested, is still engaged in, in clinical trials, is resulting in horrific, uh, let's say, biological consequences, including a reduction of reproductive capacity, much less stillbirths, uh, miscarriages, et cetera. Working within the reproductive medical arena, we're seeing that. Australia, if you would see their, their birth rate, it precipitously just dropped off like a rock straight down. What's happening, they're not able to reproduce anymore. So this is something we need. And by the way, the government was all for mandating it. The people that were speaking up and going, hey, there are other ways to prevent this that doesn't involve also destroying your reproductibility of the species of Americans is something, again, I, I have a lot to say on. I don't want to go into that right now because there's more. Can you explain briefly the Title 42 issue again with immigration? This open borders judge strikes down 40, Title 42. So Title 42 enabled the, uh, the, the Trump administration to principally to send back people who were sick or who had not been vaccinated at the time of COVID. Now, yes, COVID has waned, but nonetheless, the administration just extended its emergency order. Right. And the point is, the point is that regardless, we ought to have an inherent power to kick people out if they're not well because they pose a risk of transmitting disease to other people, whether it's COVID or any other disease that's transmissible. We want people to be healthy who come into this country. That's a reasonable request. And if that's the case, we ought to be able to enforce it. Um, so I think that that is, is an erroneous decision by that court, and hopefully it'll be overturned on appeal. But isn't that ironic that the Biden administration just extended the COVID public health emergency while at the same time they can no longer send people out who are it's like, is it an emergency or is it not? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Uh, and they don't want to answer that straight on. There it is. Biden extending the code. They, they rule by emergency. This is the danger. And I say this for any any political persuasion out there. If you are ruled by emergency, you will never find yourself with more freedom. You will always find yourself at a loss of liberty and it never gets better as long as the government can say it's an emergency. Therefore, we are not limited or bound by a constitution. Yep. Uh, if we don't abide by the rule of law as they're doing, I mean, look, this is an impeachable offense. Their refusal to enforce the immigration laws. I mean, it's not just a, uh, an instance where they were neglectful. It's an instance where they have a deliberate plan to undermine and, and destroy the limits on immigration that exist under federal law. Mayorkas is guilty of violating his oath of office and also of violating the Im Immigration and Naturalization Act, and he ought to be impeached. So mm -hmm. president, but my goodness, if we did that, we would end up with Kamala as president and we don't want to go there. So mm -hmm. we end up with uh, a situation where the law is being violated with impunity. And ha if we had a majority in the Congress, they could introduce legislation against it. But then again, the president would veto it. And he's going to continue on this path of destroying private property, of, of allowing fentanyl to go hog wild and deaths from fentanyl exceed hundreds or hundreds of thousands of people who've been injured and died from fentanyl overdose. Look, if you can't figure out why I want to see Jonathan E. Mord in the United States Senate two years hence, you're not paying attention. Uh, Jonathan, there's a video here. This is an, this is something you sent us. The headline reads, Indefensible. Senator Howley presses 
FBI Director Christopher Wray on fleeing a hearing about Hunter Biden. We have a video clip. Superdon, go ahead and play that. Let us see what uh, Jonathan says about this. Member Chuck Grassley asked you during the hearing, he said, I assume you must have other business. You said, yes. He then said, if you have a business trip, you've got your own plane, can't it wait a while? He then said, Chuck Grassley, we only just heard half an hour ago that now you have to leave. We were going to have a seven-minute round followed by a three-minute round. I've got seven people on my side of the aisle, that included me, who are waiting for this additional round. Is there any reason we can't accommodate them for 21 minutes? And you said you had a plane to catch. You had somewhere to go. And now we find out it was for vacation? The, the reference to other business was not a reference to that day. It was a reference to the following week where Senator Grassley and I were going to see each other in Iowa when I had other business in Iowa, and I did, in fact, see him then. So wait, you had to leave the hearing early because you had, you're had you going to see him later in Iowa in a week? No, I had to leave uh, when I said I was going to have to leave, as had been previously organized <laughs> with the leadership of the committee. You, you left an oversight hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee required by statute so you could vacation with your family. I find that absolutely unbelievable and, frankly, indefensible. Now, wow. Jonathan. Well, Christopher Ray has been a terrible FBI director. And the reason why he's been a terrible FBI director is that he has condoned and failed to take action against those who in the FBI who are responsible for the false, the fabricated charges brought against Trump and for keeping the entire nation in a, in a situation of suspense uh, for years and years, despite their direct knowledge that there was no foundation whatsoever to those charges. And that is an, a, a horrendous travesty, deeply costly to the American people, to the president of the United States then sitting, and also to taxpayers, because we had to foot the bill for all this nonsense. And when it comes to Christopher Wray, uh, the, the, the only tie or thread Congress has over him are oversight hearings required by statute. He's required to attend and answer to Congress. And what does he do? On, on a, a FBI plane, he leaves a hearing before it's through to go on vacation in the Adirondacks dikes, and does not, does not tell the truth to Congress as to the reason why, that he was just going on vacation, see you later. That's not okay. He's the director of the FBI. He's got to answer to Congress and the Oversight Committee that he did this as an abuse of power. It violates the statute, and he should be made to account for that. And that's just the least of it. He needs to account for why he was uh, unwilling to take any action and has been unwilling to take any action to drive out of the FBI those who were responsible for presenting false uh, information to the FISA courts under oath repeatedly and for helping maintain a false public narrative that, that Donald Trump was colluding with the Russians to alter the outcome of the 216 elections. We know that's false. It's, it's, there's no evidence to support it. And yet this took place in our country. It's evidence of a coup, an attempted coup d'etat. And these people have not answered for it. He's, he's told Congress that he would get to the bottom of this. He has done nothing to do that. Well, the FBI has become, again, another political, um, well, police force, if you will, enforcing ideology 
and compliance and being utilized to terrorize people who have a, a disagreement in certain ways about certain things, including, you know, candidates. Uh, it's just, as we talk about the FTC and the FDA, I don't know that everybody realized they'd have to lump the FBI into that. Well, there's a lot that needs to be done with the FBI, not least of which is to remove all of the political appointees, all of them, mm -hmm. replace them, and then in addition, remove careerists who worked with those political appointees in the nefarious efforts to try to remove Donald Trump or prevent mm -hmm. him from becoming president. That politicization of the FBI is a wholly unacceptable. The FBI by statute should be required to adhere to the same requirements of the United States military, that those who are in the service of this country are not openly partisan and do not advocate one candidate over another or do not attempt to influence the elections or otherwise uh, uh, try to create an outcome that favors one party over another. They need to uh, blindly, as in blind justice, enforce the law and ensure that there is equal justice under law mm -hmm. and make sure that no one, because of their political position uh, or status in society uh, or political leanings, is exempt from the application of the law to them. Equal protection under the law as well. Um, basic concepts lost here, apparently. Uh, Jonathan E. Mord, uh, next week at this time, we might be feasting on uh, something called a Thanksgiving meal. Are, are you going to be having a home, home, homebound kind of thing with the family? Are you going anywhere? I, What's I'm happening? I'm so grateful. We're actually all going to be together this Thanksgiving, and I'm so grateful for that, Robert. How about you? you? Well, yeah, we're going to be home. We, we we usually like to bring some of our friends who don't have family around uh, in to and, and have enjoy an organic uh, Thanksgiving meal. That's just our way. We go about it, and we already got the, uh, the bird on ice, and... Uh, we now might have a vegan cheesecake coming, but if you want one of those that are not vegan, our guest next hour, you love this lady, Jen Jacobson. She was one of the businesses that stood against the governor in, in Oregon and said, we're not closing down. You don't have the authority to shut us down. And she's been featured on Fox and Friends and others, and uh, she's with BelovedCheesecakes.com. So if you haven't already ordered your dessert, I'm just going to say it. Check that out, and we're going to cover that as well. And Jonathan, I'll miss you next week because we won't we won't be live that day because of the holiday. But uh, we'll be back again the following week and continue support for you and your efforts as a exploratory committee to run for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine two two years from now. You bet, Robert. Well, God bless you, Robert. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll see you after the holiday. Big hugs to the whole family, and we got a whole other hour of broadcast healing coming up. And I just remind you as we get there that the power to heal is yours. Scott the Scott Bell Show. Super Don's been looking forward to this hour for a long time. This hour of the Robert Scott Bell Show. And why is that? Not because he's excited to hear my monologue about the dangers of the Biden pandemic plan moving forward, but because there might be a cheesecake in his future in time for Thanksgiving. 
No, not one that I made. He wouldn't want that one. But one that our guest this hour momentarily will bring her in a few I mean, minutes. That's not necessarily true. We're not going to. Oh, well, actually, if you made it, not if your wife right. made it, I definitely would yeah. not have a problem with it. But true, no, no, no. She makes a a mean cheesecake too. But uh, you know, we haven't tried the one we're going to be talking about. And just <laughs> in support of someone like someone like Jen coming up, mm-hmm. you know, I would buy it for for friends and in order it because you want to support the businesses that are true patriots that do not cower in terror when the governor says you must shut down with no authority to do so except that you would comply that the authority they got is in our compliance and moving forward remember that and say thank you to the people and we featured a number of them over the last two plus years here that have stood against the tyranny and the terror of the state on the freedom of people to have their businesses provide services that well to them they're essential some would say, well, cheesecake, that's not an essential service. Well, for all those that work to make them. Wait, well, some of us might disagree with that. Though. Well, exactly. There's a lot of reasons why we would disagree with that. But, the, you know, the point of essentiality, that's not the government's place to determine. And do you remember that was part of the game? It's like, we are going to close all but the essential services. Like, who gets to decide what's essential? And what about all those things you say are not essential? Might it be essential for those people to keep a roof over their heads? Keep food in their, in the, in their family? I mean... How did we ever fall prey to that line? Rhetorical question. Yes. Yeah, I guess so. Think about that. So uh, that's coming up. Jen Jacobson in a moment from, uh, and we have it linked up. So y'all will be excited. I know everybody's salivating right now. I've got to wipe off the microphone. (laughs) Uh, Beloved cheesecake. Are you fasting today? It's not Friday. Um, yeah, you're right. No, I'm not. So I can talk about cheesecake and be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow would be rough. If you had booked her for tomorrow, I'd been mad at you. I'm like, you know, you can't make me talk cheesecakes when I'm fasting. Kevin Kevin gets the blame on this one. Yeah. Okay. No, no. Kevin did good on that. And and, and I'm glad that uh, we're covering this. Um, oh, briefly, just want to shout out to our friends at Orange Guard, orangeguard.com. They've been a great supporter. And of course they do great work in keeping the bugs at bay. So let's say you have a business and and you you have to keep it clean, but you don't want to use toxic poisons, cancer-causing chemicals to keep it clean. How about delimiting from an orange peel? That's what this Orange Guard is. It's EPA-listed and regulated as a pesticide. It'll kill the ants and roaches, keep them away, and yet it will not harm your kids, your pets, your customers, you. and, and, And it cleans things up, too. It's amazing. OrangeGuard.com. You can pick it up at your local Ace Hardware store, your Whole Foods, or directly at OrangeGuard.com. Now, the first story here before we get, I know I'm, I'm just like biding time for uh, Super Don until he yells at me. Hurry up with the cheesecake already. Come on. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. There's a headline at the brownstone.org uh, website by Jayanta Bhattacharya, who we've featured before. Uh, and this is a story called The Dangers of the Biden Pandemic Plan. Now, uh, look, as much as we might be aligned more with uh, Trump's trying to dismantle the deep state and things like that, we got to acknowledge, and, and a lot of people are going, hey, uh, Trump, you might not have known at the time, but man, own up to this jab has not been good. And what the Biden administration has done with it has not been good. And we, uh, we've we just got to be honest and have intellectual integrity to assess you know, what is right and wrong, no matter who or what it is that's doing it. But in this case, we're talking about Biden and, and moving forward, if, if he were to continue or his policies would continue. Planning for the future. What is the Operation Warp Speed? What hath it wrought? 
the removal of any kind of a legitimate mandatory studies for those that would then put a product onto the market that could, could, yes, kill more than it helps. And arguably, we've seen that with the VAERS reporting system and the V-safe data that the COVID jabs, there have been more adverse events in a short period of time that they've been out. And you take and aggregate every claim of an adverse event through the VAERS system for the entirety of its existence. And in the two short years or so that these COVID jabs have been out there, they dwarf the numbers that preceded them by all vaccines combined. And so what we have is a concern moving forward. If this is precedent, if this continues and you know a government that runs only on emergency, that they are looking for the next emergency to declare. As we just reported last hour briefly, the Biden administration has once again extended an emergency for COVID, despite the fact that there is no emergency that actually exists. Except that there are doctors who recognize how we have all been scammed and they're trying to do right and give people proper remedies and preventive measures and maintain their good health. And then some doctor that does it, like Eric Naputi, is threatened and in fact, actually is sued, in fact is sued by the federal government, by the FTC, and threatened with, a, what, $500 million or $500 billion worth of fines. In either case, it's absurd. And he's brought science to, to the fore, as Jonathan Emord says, when it comes to the FTC and the FDA, they don't care about the science you find, even if it's in PubMed, they'll find a way to disqualify it. Well, that's not real. The, despite the fact that whatever science the FDA or FTC would rely upon is also not the last word. But hey, they're king, queen, and emperor, judge, jury, and executioner. This is the problem with the oligarchy. This is why I argue that we need more Jonathan Emords in government. If we are to salvage what we have and reduce its size, in addition to our willingness to stand up against tyranny and not comply, but nullify that which the federal, state, and local authorities don't have the authority to do. So as you look at this article, um, you know, it's even a semi-pro-vaccine article by Bhattacharya talking about the polio vaccine. We would take issue with some of those things historically and scientifically, but suffice it to say the principles upon which this, this article is written by Bhattacharya are good. There is no basis now for an actual true double-blind placebo-controlled study. Never has been, in fact. If you look back at the history of the vaccine program, none of them have been required to conduct, nor have they conducted a double-blind placebo-controlled study to determine safety or efficacy. For any of the vaccines on the schedule, much less this one called an mRNA injection or these that are called mRNA injections. If we rely on this moving forward, we're going to be in an even more sorry state. As Schumer said, yep, y'all are not reproducing anymore, so let's just make the 11 million illegals legal suddenly so that they can take your place at jobs you can no longer work for because you're too sick to do them because you've been jabbed by an experiment that the federal government decided to practically mandate. If you didn't get it, you couldn't travel. You couldn't go to a restaurant. On and on it goes. And the World Economic Forum and their G20 counterparts all arguing that, hey, 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 that vaccine passport is part of our future. We've got to keep going. Don't give it up. And the moment, as Bobby Kennedy said, RFK Jr. said, the moment they institute a vaccine passport, all of your rights are converted to privileges. And those privileges will only be available to you based on your behavior, your compliance with the pharmaceutical state. Yes, we are on the precipice of losing it all. And it's going to take people like Jen Jacobson, the inspiration, probably a warrior mom as well, standing up 
not for rights granted to her, given to her by the Constitution, but by rights that she has by virtue of her very existence by God. And that's true for all of you, too. Your rights come from God, not government. Start acting like it. Grow up. Become an adult. And stand up for your rights and don't expect that there's a political savior that's going to grant your rights back to you that they never had the ability to do so, much less take away unless you cooperate with them, those who would do that. The headline reads here from Fox News a while back, it was Oregon small business owner slams governor's new shutdown order against our constitutional rights. Even as Oregon shuttered indoor dining in cities for a third time, this was, you know, back in the height of the scam pandemic. Governor Kate Brown. Uh, you know, did all our things. We were covering Super Don, of course, is in Klamath, Oregon. We were hearing about things. And Jen Jacobson says, uh-uh-uh, she doesn't have the authority. And she is, Jen, is a mom, a great example for all of us, much less her own children, her family, her community. And I'm grateful to have her on. But let's show the video clip from the uh, Reawaken America tour back, I think, in April of uh, 2022, when it was uh, Judy Mikovits' birthday. And uh, Clay Clark brought Jen out to present her with a birthday cheesecake. You have that video clip ready? Everybody, here we go now. Happy birthday to you. And we got you a cheesecake. Hang tight for a second. We have Jen Jacobson. Jen Jacobson is somebody who refused to shut down her business during the lockdowns. Her belovedcheesecakes.com. That's belovedcheesecakes.com. And she wanted to give you a cheesecake here. Uh, so a little cheesecake gift here. And then, I, Jen, um, you're based in Oregon, Silverton, Oregon. And I just want her to be able to say a few words because she's been persecuted for keeping her business open. So I wanted you guys to meet this incredible lady here. So, Jen, I'm going to pass you the mic real quick here. Hello. <laughs> This is completely unexpected. So happy birthday, Dr. Judy. I've been watching you since pandemic in way 2020. And uh, yes, I did not comply from day one. And uh, woo! all about freedom and freedom of choice. I had someone today because I'm here say that they're not going to buy my cheesecake anymore. And I said, that's the beauty of it. I'm fighting for your freedom to have that opinion, that choice, and that belief. Okay, don't leave yet. Now, Devin, hey, Devin, in my brown bag, there's my wallet. And if you can pull up this website, it's belovedcheesecakes.com. We'll pull up the website, belovedcheesecakes. Everybody get your phone out, belovedcheesecakes.com. Anytime I see a patriot being persecuted for keeping their business open, what I do is I ruin their life by buying a ton of stuff from them all at one time. So we all need to go to BelovedCheesecakes.com. Now think about it. Christmas is coming pretty soon, right? I mean, we need to get ready for this. So we can go ahead and buy, buy one, put it in the freezer, get one ready for Easter, okay? Let's all go to BelovedCheesecakes.com real quick. Pull it out. And then, Devin, you got my wallet. We can buy. Can we buy cakes online? Is that a move? Can we buy cheesecakes online? Yes, and uh, I was on Fox and Friends in April of 2021, and we do ship nationally. <laughs> All right, so again, everybody, uh -oh. if you go to BelovedCheesecakes.com and buy something, that would be great. But one more time, let's hear for Jen Jacobson and Dr. Judy Mikovitz. That was awesome. Thank you. Happy birthday. God bless Clay Clark for doing that and all he's done with the Reawaken America tour. And uh, now welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Jen Jacobson from Beloved Cheesecake. Jen, how are you? I'm good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you sound great. 
Okay. Thank you so much for having me. I, you know, I, and I was, we were talking briefly before the show and I was like, how do you keep up with demand after that and being on Fox and friends? I mean, you got to have a dedicated core of people probably that don't sleep to make all of these cheesecakes. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> so what is it about your constitution that said, I am not going to cower in fear and comply with governor Kate Brown in, in Oregon's mandate that I shut down. Cause I'm not essential. Right. What is it about you that said, I'm not backing down. I'm not complying because Let's, let's face it, as much as I'd like to think most Americans are courageous, what we witnessed in the era of COVID is a lot of people cowered in fear rather than stood up for the rights that come from God and creator, not government. That's right. That's right. Uh, I would say that is my constitution all the way is the Bible and the word of God. And I am about uh, seeking God's approval, not man's approval. And I've gone through a lot of trials in my past and in my life and uh, that was stripped of me at one point in my life of uh, seeking man's approval. And I think I had to go through those trials to prepare me for such a time as this, which was that the lockdowns and stay, staying open. So this is the thing. Why are people of faith so scary to the people in government? <laughs> because exactly what you said, right? We like We know where our marching orders come from. And they don't come from government. Now, we're not here to violate people's rights and choice, right? As you pointed out, when you were on stage with Clay Clark, you had mentioned that somebody told you because you were going to the Reawaken America tour, they were not going to buy your cheesecake. So you're like, right. well, that's fine. No, you have that freedom to do that. Absolutely. We here also support that freedom. We don't want people to believe in lockstep as we believe. We want you to be true to your own heart and mind and spirit and conscience. Of course, there are those that want us to be enslaved to another person's view of the world. And that is a fundamental violation of what I believe at least our founders set forward in, in, in establishing a limited government that would protect rights rather than violate them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I had a sign on my door all during the whole uh, lockdown, which was just saying that we're a constitutionally compliant business. We accept you if you're mask or maskless, maskless, vax or vaxless, if you, whatever gender you identify with, whatever religion you are, whatever race. I mean, we love people and we're just here to serve cheesecakes. So it really is people's choice. You know, if you want to come in our shop, great. If you don't, that's our right too. And um, yeah, I don't know. And I, I call it a, a godly defiance. You know, you look at Moses's mom, uh, she defied the law and she was blessed for it. And you look at uh, Daniel and Radshak, Meshach and Abednego, the same thing. And um, so there is a, a godly defiance when you're listening to the Lord versus mm -hmm. man. You know what I heard also in, in your, your sentences there? Tolerance, extraordinary mm -hmm. tolerance for people who have different views, beliefs, even things that we might be fundamentally opposed to in terms of the, the great crazy multiple genderization of, of an artificial reality. Right. You're not going to discriminate against those that come. And, and, and I've seen this over my lifetime. There was a point in time when the view and to some degree, the so-called Christian right in America were very intolerant. Right. Or at least that's the way it played itself out. And the left was considered the arbitrary, you know, let me say the defenders of freedom of speech. Right. And we know now, yeah. of course, if we didn't know then the first amendment was written not to protect the, the speech that we all agree with, but the stuff that we don't like, because there might be a time when we're in that we don't 
they don't like what we say territory. Right. We want to protect everybody's freedom of speech. Exactly. And so I, I want to reiterate this because I had a friend the other day, I was on the air uh, and he was just suddenly out of the blue messaging me from Australia. He's also in, in broadcast media, good friend. And I love him dearly like a brother. And he just went on a diatribe of like Trump is Hitler and I don't know what I'm like, dude, what is this coming from? And he threw out talking points at me. And, and and including that, which was the intolerance of what he perceived people in the conservative right or Christian right. And I said, you don't walk among them. You haven't interacted with them. This is not the same as when I grew up and I saw it differently and experienced it differently. Now right. the left has become the party or the view of intolerance, trying to suppress freedom of speech, cancel people they disagree with, force them into compliance to live the way they want them to live in fear of germs to accept mRNA injections, altering genetic integrity that I believe is a, a inviolable. And when we do so, we desecrate the temple that is our body, that is a gift from God. These are my perspectives, my beliefs, and they might not agree with them, but hey, I'm not going to try and force them to live the way I live just as long as they don't violate my rights. I don't want to violate theirs. Right. Oh, no, it's so true. And then the left, um, I'm sure you've seen it. I've seen it. You see the bumper stickers. You see stickers on water bottles that says, be kind, be kind. I mean, that's what they preach. And then, um, but it's really not, it's really be kind to our own kind, really, because mm -hmm. they're not kind if you do not believe the way that they believe. And, um, and you're right. I, I have a talk. I don't care what pronoun you want to go by. I could care less. I have a person that comes in my shop that is a gentleman dressed as a woman. Um, and he actually loves our shop and I could care less, you know, it's, I'm not going to push my beliefs on him. I'm going to treat him with dignity, respect. Um, uh, he's a, he's a human being, even our governor who I'm not very fond of, she's still a human being. She still has worth and value. And, um, I'm able to separate behaviors from people's worth and value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the respect, uh, you know, we would afford, but when you talk about kindness, it's interesting that kindness, as you point kindness only for those who believe like us, but we also, those of you who don't believe like us, you better be kind to us or else. And of course it's like being kind to tyrants. You yes. get more tyranny. They don't, yeah. at the third point, we do have to step down and say, you know what? I don't comply. I, I you know, we may disagree, but you cannot use that force and fraud and deception and violence of government to make me live the way you believe, because you're afraid. I have to be afraid too. And if I'm not afraid, then I'm tantamount to a murderer according yeah. to, you know. Yeah, it's true. I had a really funny story last week. I was walking to my car and, you know, when you walk by someone, you say hi. And uh, so this person walks by me and says, Hey, and I said, Hey back. And then they turned and said, Oh, never mind." And I said, never mind that you said, Hey, yeah, I didn't recognize who you were. And I, I just started laughing so hard. I was just like, okay, you know, but, uh, <laughs> like that take, uh, take back the high. Now I know who you are. Yeah, I want to I'm gonna retract the hay, you know, <laughs> well, you talk about levels of maturity. That's <laughs> evidence of uh, such immaturity in terms of interacting with the adult world. That is like, Oh, I can't say hi to her. Remember in high school <laughs> when we would be like that, it was like, Oh no, don't talk to her. And these right, people have never right. grown up. That's right. That's so true. I forgot about that. Yeah. No, we were all there at one point, but we matured. We became adults. And we're like, oh, that was silly. Yeah. They're yeah. still there. Yes. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting times we're living in. I really just try to 
um, treat everybody the same. Um, you know, I've had a lot of people that have come in my shop who they didn't want to associate with me before because I'm in this town. It's a really small town and tourist town. Your name, uh, your if you've been born and raised here, which I wasn't, but if you're born and raised here, your last name is significant. And so there was a lot of people who didn't want to come in our shop during the mask uh, ordeal because I didn't require a mask and we didn't wear them. Um, but they didn't want to be associated with me. And so then when the mask mandate dropped, here I am seeing people I hadn't seen in two years. I was like, oh, that's interesting, you know, but I realized it's because they didn't want to be associated. They didn't want to be seen in Beloved Cheesecakes. They're, well, they were afraid of, of the reaction to their friends and family or by them. And right, social again, acceptance. It's that's ridiculous. The, can the cancel culture and our dependence, if you will, on our yeah. social network of people right. is such that it makes us vulnerable, especially when it encourages us to do something that is against our conscious conscience. Right. right? And, and yeah. you saw the strong and the weak really come out during that time. And those, and I've seen statements and even memes made about congratulations to those who didn't get the jab over the last yeah. two years. You, you have withstood persecution like no other time in history, at least in uh, current history. And yet you're standing strong and you're like, Nope, couldn't, you know, I'm not doing it. You can't make me. And that says a lot about the strength of those people who did. And I would hope that those people that were on the fence that you talked about that are now showing up, that would gain strength from your example and not do that again and not fall prey to the peer pressure and the worries and the concerns of those that would cancel them. Yes. I, I have that hope too. You know, I came out of domestic violence and one of the things that I learned through that is because um, people would say, why didn't you leave? Why didn't you leave sooner? And um, you know, it, there's a lot of reasons why I didn't leave sooner, but it's one of those things where um Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And, you know, that is, I felt a lot of shame when I came out and people were asking, why didn't you leave sooner? I felt a lot of guilt and shame. And then it was like, um, no, I'm not going to let that happen again. I won't get in that situation again. And so it's kind of the same thing, like with the jab, you know, I, I, I know so many believers and uh, Christians who got it and which was shocking to me, you know, um, but again, out of that fear or that social acceptance, um, I'm, I'm not quite sure, but there again, it's, I don't want to shame them. It's now they're awakening. Now they're seeing the truth. And so you don't want to shame them and you just hope that, um, they're awakened enough that they won't go and get the boosters and, um, mm. you know, I don't know, and try to do whatever they can to get the toxic stuff out of their body. I think about this as a parent, a parent too, right? Shame is an interesting thing. You know, there is a, a place for it when you're ashamed of something you've done. It's like, oh, I'm horrified. I didn't, you know, I would never do that again, right? There's a right. place for it to kind of alter your behavior moving forward. But I look as a parent and, you know, it's like, we don't want to burden our kids with shame if they make bad choices so that they're permanently scarred by it. That's not also what we want. But at the same time, I you know remember thinking, have you ever had this, like a parent say to you, I'm disappointed in you. I'm yeah. disappointed with your choices. It's like, I remember doing that to my son and he just laughed at me because it was almost like, 
isn't that like a Sunday after or the after school special that we I'm disappointed in you. It didn't yeah. hold the same thing. But at the same time, I'll be honest, as a human being, as a parent, I look around at, at some of my friends or others out there in the world that took the jab, that played the the fear card and 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 went down that road. And I want to say I'm I'm disappointed in you, but I'm not technically their parent. So right. uh, you know, but I'm just saying these are the things that well up in me and like, how do you how do you encourage them not to go down that road again? But we yeah. can't do it for them. Yes. Well, and I'm sure you've seen too, is that, um, I I've seen a lot of people go and get the jab, you know, because, you know, even before they put it in mandatory for travel, it was, well, I want to still be able to travel the life of luxury that they idolize materialism and material things and their lifestyle that is one reason why they got the jab too, you know? So you have idols in there as well. Um, and being comfortable, I, yeah. I guess, you know, well, we've had it easy and I, and I've yeah. argued that as a gen X or super Don, I've talked about our lives. It, it isn't like we lived a life of, of full on, you know, yachts and uh, Robin Leach, right? Lifestyles of the rich and famous, but we haven't wanted so that's super Don. I mean, it's not like if you didn't want to get a cheesecake, even when you were a kid, you couldn't get a cheesecake, right? Super D. I mean, it's like you weren't denied everything. That's right. Ironically, though, the whole lifestyles of the rich and famous Robin Leach thing was was in our childhood. But yes, with that said, you're right. It it was not a it was not a thing where you know you had to take out a loan or something. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the average poor person in America lived like almost kings and queens of old. I mean, they didn't have to grow their own food. They didn't have to toil in the in the in the yard or the garden or the farm to to be eat. I mean, they just, as I said, the miracle of of diesel, you know, of oil. Everything was just transformed and 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 then you just walked to the store if you were close or drove. You know, this is the kind of thing that we don't have perspective on. Right. And 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 yet that luxury brought us to a point of laziness. And I would argue spiritual laziness. Amen because had we been had we been connected to the spirit, we would have never obeyed unconstitutional, uh, atheistic type proclamations that we must fear creation and separate and divide from one another and tell our kids that they're vectors of killing grandma just for breathing. I know. I know. You are so right on that. So right. And think of just the inhumane things that, I mean, we were accused of killing grandma, but then grandmas and grandpas are in retirement homes or assisted living completely isolated by themselves. And what happened to neglect killing a person or right. neglect killing infants, if you know, in orphanages, if they're not being uh, nurtured and touched, it, mm -hmm. it, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. And the, and the real vectors for death have become government sanctioned, not FDA approved, even if they were FDA approved, which they proclaim it. Uh, but uh, substances that alter our genetic integrity. Yeah. And you talked about Christians, anybody, a people of faith, I would say maybe not a good idea to alter the genetic integrity that you once had by injection because of the arrogance of man, Fauci or otherwise. Really, they can do it better than that which created all life. I, I just have a perspective that might be a little bit different than that. And yet many people proclaim people of faith just kind of went, yeah, yeah, go ahead and inject me. Go ahead and inject my kids. Not everybody, but a lot more than we imagined would. A lot more than I could ever imagine would. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then it's sad because I, I'm sure you've experienced it where I've seen people uh, with side effects, uh, the adverse side effects that they have from the jab. Mm -hmm. And then um, I'm, I'm kind of a, a nerd. I 
I've been taking pictures of masks that I see laying out all over the place. So I probably have 500 pictures of masks and I'm trying to um, compile them. And then I've been taking pictures of now hiring signs anywhere I go. I, I take pictures and I'm trying to compile them as well. And then now recently what I've been geeking out on and uh, researching is um, the sudden deaths. If you look at what how they're de describing it, it's unexpected death. And I've been researching that and it is just one right after another. Yeah. It is. And I don't understand how people are not correlating it. I, I don't understand. that. Well, it's not that the more people are, are suddenly dying. It's just that we're better at diagnosing them being dead. Yeah. I mean, it, it, these are the absurd things they try to explain away the reality. Oh yeah. When we were kids, you, we all remember our friends having heart attacks and just dropping dead on the field. Yeah, that was normal. Right. No, we're right. just better at diagnosing that. Right. These are absolute absurdities. And if people are still in that state, and unfortunately, there are a significant uh, portion of, of the political left right now. Or I, I, I wish it, it's not technically a political issue, but for some reason it has become that yeah. to divide us. I think it's, again, we're being played Hegelian dialectic style. But there are people that honestly, and I think it's indoctrination. I talked about uh, last hour that New Jersey is now mandating uh, climate change be from kindergarten forward taught in basically every subject from PE to everything in between. And yet there are scientists and meteorologists and we featured on this show that have been featured around the world that say, hey, the arguments that they're making are not validated at all. There's no settled science on this. And yet they're going to grow up believing that they are bringers of death if they survive COVID and they didn't kill grandma, that they're going to kill everybody else. And I think they're going to be encouraging suicide. And, and in fact, suicide rates have increased among the young people because of what happened in COVID, lockdown, shutdown, masking, division, et cetera. Yes, yes. Um, that's interesting. I didn't know that about climate change. Of course, they have to start young and indoctrination. Our school systems need to be completely um, torn down, completely like a tsunami, wipe them out or something and be reformed. But it's interesting that you say that about the climate change. I was at one of our grocery stores just this week and there was, um, uh, I got to find it. I took a picture of it because I was like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. There is, um, I, I took a picture of it. Did it say oh, close for climate change? The climate friendly crackers. What? Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it. I don't know. But. Yeah. Moonshot climate friendly crackers. What does that mean even? <laughs> no. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Our crackers have been uh, removed from all CO2 emissions. I, I don't know. What would that be? Climate-friendly crackers. It's a great uh, alliteration. Yeah. Yeah. So now, it, you know, here it is in uh, grade schools. And now it sounds a little crackers. racist to me. Climate-friendly <laughs> yeah. crackers. Okay. <laughs> yes. White people in the South that are friendly to the climate are called climate-friendly <laughs> crackers. All right. Yes. I get I mean, the. Up with this. You know, yeah. Greta Thunberg would be a climate-friendly cracker. Would she not be? Right, but was she she was from a Scandinavian country. Yeah. She hadn't come here yet. Doesn't get much whiter than that. Yeah, I guess that's a, there is a point there. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Jen Jacobson, if you're just tuning in, and you can see it visually, but th those of you who listen to the podcast later, uh, every time we do a show, there are show notes, a newsletter, basically, Super Don puts out. Today's uh, date, the 17th of November, 2022. We're, we're the week, we're one week out from Thanksgiving in the United States, and a lot of people do want to get cakes and pies and all kinds of stuff. Some of y'all bake them. 
uh, I want you to send samples to me, all of them, but no, I'm just kidding. We're going to make our own, but it might be in Super Don's future, maybe even mine, that we might get a beloved cheesecake in time for Thanksgiving. Is that even a remote possibility? Yes, as long as I have the orders in, <laughs> as long as I have the order in by Saturday the nineteenth, and then I can ship them out on Monday the twenty first, and it's two day shipping. So then uh, everyone would receive them on the twenty third Wednesday. Okay. Well, Super Don, I think he wants a regular one as 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 fat as you can make it. Okay. And and I'll order a vegan one because we're going to have some vegetarians over for Thanksgiving, and they'll sure. appreciate that. And yeah, then we'll both be able to talk about it. We're going to take, I'm sure going to be taking a video of ours being eaten so we can show it and maybe even have you back on to talk about our experience with it, which would be Yeah, fun. that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be amazing. So I look on the Beloved Cheesecakes website, belovedcheesecakes.com. And I guess you can go in and get a, a free slice on your birthday if you're yeah. in Oregon, where, wherever you are in Oregon, four hours from Super Don, but I'm sure on his birthday, he's going to find his way there. <laughs> And I'm looking at all oh, these. Oh, wait flavors. a minute. You have key lime pie too? Yeah, that's my favorite. Oh, and then my right gosh. now uh, we have pumpkin. Yeah. That's also my favorite. Pumpkin cheesecake? Yeah. yeah. Oh, but these goodness. are all cheesecakes, right? That we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, if you click on that shop button on the very top, you'll be able to get better images, I think. Uh, wow. Yeah, there you Just go. Just amazing. So, and, and again, you, you make them full on and also vegan versions. Yeah. And as I've said, and as Clay Clark said, I encourage people to support you, not only because I think your cheesecakes are probably pretty awesome, but, you know, for those of us that stand up and say, you know what, we appreciate people that stand up and do the right thing in the face of tyranny, in the face of threats. And, I, you know, I, I like to do that. We love to do that and put the word out that there are good people in America that are not afraid of the government, despite all of the efforts of the government to make you live in fear. And are living examples for how we should not obey, not comply, and we should nullify. Amen. So has there been any uh, official government action since then? Have they all backed off? Did they try to fine you at that time? What What's the standing right now where you are? Yeah, um, I was turned into OSHA six different times, and I did not receive any fines. I really believe it's the favor of the Lord. Um, it is his shop. And then... Um, I actually have stickers and t-shirts that say, um, I don't, I don't drink the Kool-Aid, but I do eat the cheesecake. And that was OSHA inspired. That was from <laughs> one of my great. OSHA callers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, no, um, so far everything's going good. I actually last Tuesday, November 8th, election day, I was able to serve cheesecake to our Republican candidate who was, we really thought was going to win. Um, so that was really a high honor for me. Um, I've gotten involved uh, really heavily into politics. I never thought I would in my life. And now I'm a PCP and my little um, Marion County Republican party. And in fact, tonight we have a meeting and I'm, um, hopefully going to be or elected uh, a delegate. So we'll mm -hmm. see. So I'm trying to learn as much as I possibly can and make change. And uh, tomorrow, not tomorrow, Saturday, we have a freedom rally at the Capitol and uh, my church puts those on and uh, I emcee those. So I've gotten nice. really involved. Well, I know as a mom, they'll look at you and say, mom, thank, thank you for, for speaking out and standing up for what was right and not 
cowering in fear. That's an example for all of us to do that. And of course, they try to threaten us, remove us from our livelihood. And if we all comply, then they succeed. Those who stand up are are teaching us how we must be like our founders in in the face of the largest tyranny on the face of the earth at that time. They stood against it and created a potential of what we call a free country, but we also have the potential to lose it. And in many cases, we have evidence that we are losing it. And it is beyond election cycles. We know that. I think more primary to the elections, which are part of it, is what you're doing, Jen, standing up and showing other Americans how it's done, how it can be done, how you stand strong in the face of tyranny. Right. And, you know, uh, one of the things is just getting informed and educated. I started taking constitutional classes so I can learn. Um, And then, you know, like the First Amendment, I didn't know what the First Amendment was. I learned what it is. And I also learned in my constitution class that only 2% of Americans can answer what the first constitution, uh, the First Amendment is. So if, if that's the case, if we don't know our rights, then we don't know if they're being taken away or not. So it's so critical and crucial that we get educated and we learn these so we can fight for our rights. I mean, it, it gives you more of the um, power, I guess, and the strength yep. to fight for it. When I go out to speak, uh, often I would say to adults, but a lot of times I'll do it for kids. I'll like, hey, how many rights does the first 10 amendments of the Constitution grant you? And I'll be thinking, remember, it's called the Bill of Rights, right? Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, we know that. How many rights? And they'll say, usually they'll say 10. And I go, zero. Zero. The Bill of Rights grants us no rights. It acknowledges rights that exist and pre-exist government, and they're not exhaustive in terms of the list. They are to restrict government from violating those rights that are listed within those first 10 amendments, but they are not granting us rights. And that's an important distinction as well. And that's why I go from one to the 10th, the 10th amendment center and our good friend, Michael Bolden, who is welcome here anytime. He's so busy, but the 10th amendment center.com 10th amendment center.com y'all support that because they're doing great work in helping people to understand how on the state level and local level, you can nullify the feds when voting doesn't work because it often doesn't that there's still more power at the state and local level to stop that which is patently and blatantly unconstitutional violations of your right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, right? You know, and how that is manifested and uh, discussions on how to nullify. You are, you're a living example of how to do that, but we can also teach others about the basis for it in our own constitution, that it's not a radical idea. It's a foundational principle of our American Republic. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then that's the thing, too, is I learned is that we're not a democracy. We are a republic, you know, and a lot of people get that all mixed up. And um, so it's I, I've been learning a lot. I still have a lot to go, though. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, it's fun when you're in the engagement of actually learning things that empower you as opposed to make you a victim of somebody right. else's whims or tyrannical ideas about how you should live your life. You recognize and appreciate agency or freedom. And this is where I see the maturation of the religious folks, the people of faith in our country that at one time uh, naively believed it was the government's role and responsibility to force everybody to live the way that we wanted to live or I wanted or you wanted to live. And we recognize that that same power would and could be used against us as we see it being done now. The people of faith are the recipients of that kind of intolerance coming from the political religious or a religious left. And so the maturation of the electorate has to be the people of faith realize the government is not there to force people to live how you want to live, but to protect your ability to live that way 
and not be violated by those that are control of government that might disagree with our beliefs. Right. That's so true. My pastor says this a lot, and um, I think it's pretty profound is, um, well, one, he takes responsibility. He says, you know, this is the church's fault. The church has got out, uh, the church at large, uh, the church has gotten out of um, the schools, gotten out of the government, gotten out of all of these things. And he said, so this is really ultimately comes down to the church. And he said, you know, the, uh, the separation of church and state, how can you separate them? Is the church, the building or the people? It's the people is the government, the institution or the people it's the people. So you can't separate them. It's all about the people. And uh, I just find that so Mm -hmm. profound. And and I love that, you know, the constitution classes are at my church. (laughs) Yay. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and I want to just reiterate this one more time because people of faith do not want to separate their faith from their, if they go into public service and government, it isn't to establish a theocracy. Again, that was the, the immature place that many people of faith were for a long time. And our founders didn't want to establish a theocracy, even right. if they were people of faith specific, you know, maybe Christians or whatever, they didn't want to establish an official state religion because they realized that that religion could be compromised and corrupted at the governmental level and then force everybody else into compliance, just like the crown of England, right? The church of England, all of those things in the past, our founders knew that. So when we talk about faith and engaging in our faith in life, including if we serve in public office, it isn't to establish a theocracy. That's a fear that many people have because they've seen it in the past and there's a legitimate fear there, but I see a maturation in the electorate of people of faith, recognizing that that power to establish one religion is one that will be used against you as a person of faith eventually. So we want to keep that part of it separate, but not our faith from all of life. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Jen Jacobson, so much appreciate you and all you stand for. I love that, you know, your, your spirit of learning, your spirit of, of tolerance and, and your delicious cheesecakes are out there for the world to enjoy. Uh, yeah. so super Don will send you a couple of addresses if you don't yep. mind. Yeah. No, I would like that. We will be happy to celebrate in gratitude our Thanksgiving in addition, because now we know you. Yes. Well, thank, thank you. you so much. It's, it's yeah. been an honor to be on your show. So thank you. Yes. Check it out. Beloved It's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Jen Jacobson, get your, your order in before Saturday the 19th. So you can get a two day delivery, get it to you by Wednesday prior to the holiday and uh, choose your favorite flavor. Cause there's a lot of good ones there, even vegan style. Thank you, Jen. Appreciate you so much. Wow. That was awesome. I'm like, I'm ready for Thanksgiving now for sure. I'm grateful. I'm ready for dessert. You're ready for dessert now. Yeah. Can we do dessert first this year? Mom, well, you, you've heard <laughs> that life short, eat dessert first. No, I mean, honestly, listen, yeah. I just, yeah. I, I just, I am a great, uh, appreciator mm-hmm. of uh, good cheesecake. I just, it's my week, it's my weak spot. It's it really is. <laughs> it so is. I, my I wife, my wife that. makes a no, no, uh, no offense to the wife because she makes a great, she's a baker. You know, yes, she's in, she's in the same industry, yeah. Yeah. Um, cake decorator and all that stuff and like that. So. If they want to open up a, a satellite wing of beloved cheesecake. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. No. <laughs> she did that for a gazillion years and she got yeah. like the carpal tunnel and the stuff. Right? So she's, she's, uh, hey, you know what? Casey Krejci's daughter, Sarah, who I, uh, you know, when I was visiting Florida, she's like a top end, like baker, chef, all the decorations. And she's going up to a high end 
uh, resort in Park City. She's got hired on. It's like one of the top places, five star kind of thing. Uh, and so it, I really appreciate those that know how to do this right and beautifully. Well, and I've sent you pictures. Yeah. No, she's an incredible that, decorator. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I saw the pictures at Beloved Cheesecakes. And I was like, oh, man. Definitely. Great. Yeah. So looking forward uh, to that. Excited. We got another friend in Liberty out there in Oregon making delicious treats. And again, I would encourage you to support her in their efforts to do the right thing. And again, make life a little bit more delicious. Nothing wrong with that. So thank you again, uh, Jen, for being on board today. Uh, one more story about, the, you know, it, we talk about therapists and depression and all these things. This Washington Post story says that they can't meet the high demand as anger and depression linger. This Probably. is not the first story we've seen talking about this stuff. This has been a common theme oh, in the news lately. It is, but probably they don't have enough cheesecake in their life. <laughs> now, I, I, I'm not saying that cheesecake is the solution to everything, but almost, 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 almost there. And I am guilty as probably we all are in this audience because we care so much about freedom and these issues and healing that we take life very seriously. And we sometimes forget to enjoy it too, even though, it is our passion to invest in freedom and restoration of freedom and things like that. Still, there are times where I forget. It's like, gosh, you know, sometimes Super Don, you'll remind me. It's like, dude, take, take, take a day off. Yep. Go out and enjoy yourself. And so, you know, the therapists that can't meet high demand, we have to ask, why are people so depressed? Why are they so anxious? You know, and once again, if you watch all the news, let's say you were invested in a red wave of some kind. Now, hopefully not naively thinking that that would solve all our problems, but still you're like, you know, look, I look at what's in there right now. It's horrible. It's got to be a little bit better. And you're like, oh man, it didn't happen the way I wanted it to. And now I'm depressed about that. I'm anxious about that. Remember that even if we had a red wave and even if, as I hope two years from now, Jonathan Emore gets into the U.S. Senate and other better folks get in, there's still a lot of work to be done because if the people do not, do not recognize where their rights originate, then they will be fully duped again and again and again by those in government that will sweeten them with kind words and maybe even free cheesecake and say, just vote for me. And we got all your problems cared for, taken care of. You just sit back, own nothing, and we'll, we'll give you whatever you want. Of course, as you've heard, a government that powerful can take away everything you need. And so it is a, a depressing and anxious time when we look as if we are powerless, that the only thing that can make a change is if we have a better president, a better this, a better that. How about being a better you? Now, what does that mean? And that means something different to you than it does to me. For me, it means walking in line, in alignment with my belief system and not compromising those beliefs for convenience sake or just to be liked or just not to be canceled. You know, I think all the years we've been doing this, Super Don, together. Now, what, if I get this right, 17 years with Super D, 23 years. Thank you me. very much. I got it right, didn't I? 17 years. Good 2005 years. is when we yeah. started. And I started, you know, in 99. You know, I, I could feel the sensitivity to, oh, my gosh, if I say this, certain people are not going to like me, right? And that, you, can, you can have a thin skin, but you can't really do that in talk radio. Well, back back when we got started, that was right when uh, Media Matters was like going hog wild and censorship was a big thing coming from the other side. Yeah. Or actually, I guess from the same side, if you think about it. But sure, yeah, in right any now, case, yeah, you're right. We're ahead of the left in that regard. Yeah, you, you, are, you are correct. But um, I, I, hear, I think of this example, Mike Adams, the health ranger, our buddy Mike. Mm -hmm. 
at Natural News for a number of years. We featured him on our show, the Health Ranger Reports, early on and doing great stuff. And, of course, everybody loved him when he was talking about health stuff. And then Mike started talking about politics, Mm -hmm. even some economics. And a lot of the people that were fans of his on the political left said, oh, now you have gone too far. Why don't you just talk about health? Even, Even my friend from Australia said that. Why do you have to cover that stuff? I'm like, dude, because politics affects our freedom to heal. Health choices. So we couldn't ignore that. Economics as well. But you should be a little bit more fair to Biden. I'm like, Biden, Biden, his administration has been more forceful in violating the rights of people not to be molested and assaulted by these pharmaceutical products. Why should I be, you know, kind to what he's no, that's being nice to tyrants. We don't do that here. Mm-hmm. And of course, at the same time, we've lost. Remember that we almost had a really big advertiser a couple of years back, a cannabis, a hemp CBD company. That's right. And it was like all going really well until the PR agency for that company remains unnamed. We're like, oh, but we don't like you t- talking about politics like you talk about it. Yeah. It's offensive to us. I'm like, well, we could have just played into their, you know, leftist hands and said, well, we won't do that again. We'll be with you and we won't say anything mean about your candidates and we'll be, we'll hate Trump. We'll be deranged and we'll hate Trump just no matter what. Yeah. And then, yeah, you can be our, no, that's not what we did. I mean, I, I, I'm honest in saying, look, I'm not a hundred percent a Trumper. I just try we look at Trump and we go, oh, we like that. We don't like that. Try to have intellectual integrity about all of these things, but that wasn't good enough. You know, if you don't hate him enough, for instance, it's it's not, you, you'll be canceled. It's not enough to not, well, he's not our candidate. Well, you, you don't hate him enough. Oh, really? That's it? That's the kind of stuff we're dealing with. It's so immature, as I point out. It's like we're back in high school or grade school when these stupid games were played because you were immature. You didn't know better. It's what kids what, did. What click are you in, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we're dealing with that with much of the, the electorate on the left. They're just a bunch of little kids that have never grown up and they won't be able to survive the economic downturn, the hunger pangs that they'll have because they think the government will rescue them when the oil that they hate stops flowing. And then the magic of all of their devices in their hands stop working because they can't charge them because everything's a battery and they don't want to charge with what produces the electricity, the oil. So that, you know, so it looks to me like I'm being mean and nasty to certain people, but I'm asking them to see through the lies and the garbage and the deception that they've fallen prey to and grow up and become mature. This doesn't mean we are Republican sycophants either. Not at all. Neither Super Don nor I are a member of any party, but we try to relate the principles upon which I believe it is optimal to go through life. That is engaging in support and defense of freedom and individual liberty to live the life you want to live. Even if I disagree with that life, I want to defend your freedom to live it. As long as you're not violating the rights of anyone else in the process. Seems pretty basic. Golden rule kind of concept. Is that too much to ask? Apparently some people. Yeah. Reasonable to me. Unreasonable for me to say so. Anyway, thank you all for being here. Thank you to Jen Jacobson. Thank you to Jonathan E. Mord. And how awesome was that today? The sacred fire of Liberty covered a lot of topics. Remember, emord4va, emordforva.com, if you want to support his efforts to eventually declare his candidacy for the U.S. Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine two years from now. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. And anything else y'all want to do, send us messages, sign up for the newsletter by texting my initials RSB to this number, 22828. 22828. Send RSB. 
and uh, Superdome put it up. There it is. Just as simple as that. You'll get prompted to enter a, you know your email address and you'll get the newsletter. And welcome all of the new folks that are listening and part of the Robert Scott Bell Show from the Red Pill Expo last weekend. I want to remind you that you can get the tickets for the next Red Pill Expo and you can, you can actually buy access to the current one that just went on. And it's amazing. Through February, you can do that. And we have the same links available to you to do that at the same price. You know, next year will likely go up. So if you think you want to come to it in like early June, we don't know where it'll be, but it's fully refundable. If you can't get there, um, go ahead and buy tickets to the next Reddit Pill Expo as well. And with that, we're going to take a pause, educational pause, and see is anybody in the chat room beside my mom? Hi, mom. Love you. And the power to heal is yours. You know what I noticed at uh, the end of the uh, uh, Jen Jacobson interview, you know, I mentioned the 10th Amendment Center and you could see immediately Jen writing it down. And oh, she's yeah. like, indicative, indicative of her in learning mode, genuinely wanting to learn, but also indicative that just as we said, people don't find the Robert Scott Bell show because we advertise ourselves or we buy social media influence into existence. We are discovered because you share the show in the same way. I will say about the 10th amendment center, they don't have a lot of friends in government to go, Hey, I'll check it out. This 10th amendment is awesome. You ought to learn about it. So if you love what they're doing, you should also share it. And that, again, that's what I saw in Jen. She's in that learning mode and really devouring all good, this good information. So, uh, just so much appreciate connecting with her today. That was fun. Yep. That was cool. Good show today. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, let's let's see. We got a few things to catch up on here. Okay. Um, first, how about a uh, the newsletter went out a little later than normal today because I was I was helping Scott Shar out this morning. Oh, I didn't even see the poll question of the day. Poll question of the day: Would you support or oppose establishing term limits for mm. members of Congress? Right. Hmm. What do you think, Robert? I first, think the majority, first, 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 first. Yes, go ahead. What is your personal opinion? Would you support or oppose? You know, I, I'm not popular on this, but I I oppose them. You oppose it? Yeah. And I why do. is that? Well, I, I think in order to do that, you would, I think it would require a constitutional amendment. That's my opinion. Okay. Uh, and I think there are other things that are more important than that. And that is the electorate uh, maturing to stop putting people in that become career politicians. Now, some would say, well, that's how we solve the problem, but it doesn't solve the problem. What is the problem that is it doesn't solve? The oligarchy, that which exists, pre-exists and post-exists, anybody you send into these various offices, it does nothing to ensure the reduction or elimination of that oligarchy term limits. Now, again, that makes me unpopular in some of the, the audience. Well, when you're referring that. to the oligarchy, though, you're obviously, I guess you're not referring to Congress then. No. Who is the, who is the oligarchy? It's the it's all the alphabet soup agencies. It's the FDA. Okay. It's the FTC. It's now, wouldn't the, it make sense, though, that if you got state. if you got the right people in, in, in there for the job that mm -hmm. weren't going to make that a career choice, yeah. a career move, where they were just looking at just trying to, you know, uh, make a gazillion dollars and have the great pension at the end of the, of the day. Yeah. 
that those people might be more inclined to uh, act like they've only got four years or whatever it is and try and, and do something productive, which would could involve yeah. getting rid of the uh, agencies and things of that nature. That if you, if you have Congress people that are mm-hmm. in there for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, yeah. Uh, what, what is their motivation to get rid of any of those agencies? I don't know. Maybe I'm naive in this way, just saying I don't see the difference. I think it's the, you know, the body uh, electric, so to speak, in that case, tolerating so much nonsense. And the fact that they would keep sending those same people back for, you know, Schumer's forever tells you more about the people. So even if they elected somebody to replace Schumer in it because they, he gets term limited out, do you think that those people that put Schumer in are going to choose anybody any different? I mean, we look well. Okay, so now what you're doing is you're getting into that area of your vote. Your vote doesn't matter because they're just going to get whoever they want in there anyway, regardless of who you vote for. Well, there is that statement that if voting could change anything, they would have outlawed it years ago. <laughs> okay, well, let's just say let's say that 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 voting does matter. Mm-hmm. This this coming from the guy who hasn't voted, and I don't know how long now since Ron Paul, you know. But yeah, I'm I'm just plain devil's advocate here. Um, yeah, you know. So let's let's say it does matter that you know. It really the problem is that people people keep electing mm-hmm. or reelecting mm-hmm. their guy. This was one thing that I it was one of the things that stuck with me that that Jerry Doyle used to say all the time was that. You know, you'd get into an election year and everybody would be like, oh, we got to get rid of the other person, got to get rid of that person. But, but I like my person. My guy, yeah. so It was like everybody basically was that way. And so that's mm-hmm. why you had so many incumbents that were yeah. being reelected because everybody just, oh, I like my guy, but your guy's terrible. We got to get rid of him, right? Yeah. But let's so, just say that, you know, that, that voting does matter mm-hmm. and that, you know, uh, people would be less inclined to run for office uh, that were looking at it as a career opportunity. Um, and, and the people that did get elected would be more like what they're supposed to be, I think anyway, where mm-hmm. like, okay, I, I, I'm normally a doctor, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, farmer or I'm a whatever like that, but I'm going to take a break yeah. years to serve my country mm-hmm. and go back to what it is that I was doing. Yeah. That those people okay. would be more... I, I, inclined to be elected and, and hold office. I think that or is that a pipe dream? Am I just I like I, living in some, some fairyland, uh, you know, that, you know, some, well, of, of nine, you know nice, patriotic nice uh, storybook or something. Nice thought. I think that the majority of people that responded to the poll are probably going to say they uh, support term limits would like to see them happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm not condemning those that believe differently than me. Uh, Cause I'm not a poll. Look at that. Yeah. That's 91. That's one of the most dominant wins. So I'm not in the majority on this. And I'm okay with that, but I'm not opposed to it either. Over, you know, it's not like it would be a thing that I'd be, oh no, don't do this. I'm just cynical enough, skeptical enough yeah. to go. I don't think it hits the heart of what really ails us. And so, I can, I can understand both sides. I, I can't because I mean, let's 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 talk about somebody like Jonathan E. Moore. Let's say just mm-hmm. as an example. Sure. Uh, you get somebody like Jonathan in there. You know, he's going to do everything he can mm-hmm. to affect real change and, yeah. and, and, you know, the stuff that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you put somebody like you him in it, there and you only it, give him four years or six in the case of Senate or six years, you know, and you could, you could, an argument could be made that would say, look, this guy's doing the right thing. Don't take him out now because he's making progress. He's making sure. a difference. Right. Yeah. 
You know, I I, I can understand it, but there's there's so many people abusing the system right now that I think mm-hmm. that is what's fueling the approval of yeah. the idea that, yeah. that people are just like, let's get these guys out of there. They've been there for 25 years that we hate. Yeah. You know, so how do you do it? I mean, I think if I'm reading the Constitution right, they establish the the length of uh, terms, two years, four years, six years, and even a constitutional amendment, if I'm not mistaken, to limit the president to what, two terms? when, you know, FDR had three or four or whatever. Uh, so do you think that's realistic? They're going to have a, a constitutional, you know, amendment yeah. that hasn't happened in a long time for this. Yeah. Yeah. Would that be the number one thing that would solve the problem? I'm just saying. No, ultimately, no, probably so, not. Probably not. I think people hate Congress so much that they just want to get rid of all the, 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 the crooks and, the, you know, well, the. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be a killjoy on it. Leslie agrees with you, with you, Super Don. Leslie says, uh, he she also believes that was the intention upon the foundation of our nation. Well, yeah, citizen, what servants? They would go in, then they would right. go back to. That's to how it was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. You know? But of course, what do you see? AOC goes in as a very poor, uh, what a waitress with hardly any money to her name, and she comes out a millionaire, and she's still there. But you know. How's, how's that work? That's pretty interesting. That's why a lot of people the way get you, into it. The way you become rich is going to government. No, that was not the intent either. Yep. So does um, term limits stop that? Mm, I don't know. So I'm the killjoy well, today on that. Let's on that look topic. at it this way. You've got an American people that have been screwed for so many years and have mm-hmm. seen it happen over and over and over again that I think yeah. they're at the point that you that they'll they'll go for anything that's going yeah. to make them feel like they are, are, are making a change of yeah. some sort, fighting back of some sort, you know? And I think a lot of people would be satisfied to yeah. see somebody go in and come out and not see any of these Nancy Pelosi's and Chuck Schumer's and Steny Hoyer's. And yeah, I mean, these people that just been there forever and what have they done? Mm-hmm. What have they really done other than just flap their gums mm-hmm. and cash some checks, you know? Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know what? I got to say thank you to those that donated for us to upgrade equipment. Yes. According to this email I just got on Monday, 21st, you'll be receiving one of those uh, addendums to your desk so that you can do stand-up work too. That is that is correct. And that is courtesy of Nancy Melander? I think so, yeah. Yep. Donated. So that is something. To- and and you're, you're, what are you getting? I've got, I got to talk with you. I've got to assess my producer. What are, what is it that I need here? You to do need, better? Yeah. We need to get an upgrade over your direction too. So, so but thank you again. And, and I want to make sure that those that donated that are not part of the patron crowd, because you know, whatever you like, you don't want to be part of Patreon. That's fine. But you have indeed stepped up and said, here, we want to help you upgrade things uh, that you're also going to get an invitation to the AMA this Saturday, the 19th, two days from now. Um, of November, uh, n- uh, noon p- Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific. Uh, we and I so can't, much- I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was say, actually, I, it's funny that you brought this up. I, I was sitting here thinking about it today. I was looking around, mm-hmm. and just in the last, you know, couple of weeks, I get, I think it's been right. It was when yeah. we did this, two, three weeks or something like that. I'm looking around. I'm just like, the uh, what's happening here is something that I have wanted mm-hmm. and needed for. Years. How many years, right? Years and years and years and years. And we and never my, thought to ask. I, I Well, I just don't, you know. It's just like, I'll get around to it someday, you know. And, and, there, stuff. and there's always something else that takes precedence. You know it. That's Especially just how with the gaggle is. of kids and grandkids you have, Super D. It's That's like, how, you know, people now, knew. 
<laughs> now I've got uh, coming up. Uh, the, what we're saving up for now is is my daughter's getting married. Oh my, my god! My baby girl is is uh, getting married next next year. Right? And Didn't so, you encourage her to elope and come back without a bill? Silently, without actually saying it, yes. But, uh, <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. Not happening, though. No. But so, you know, yeah. that's just life and whatever. Yeah. You 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 put off what you know is not. Mm-hmm. critical and necessary for the things that are and that's just how how it works so mm-hmm. but in any case to, you know I, I was just looking around it's just like wow this is really awesome really cool i actually have a studio it's, it's 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 actually turning into a studio yeah you know i called it my studio it was just kind of a room with a computer mm-hmm. <laughs> and a microphone which was which is fine and you know what we did really well for a really long time we, we did yeah. it it worked right Look, but we you, got, you guys have really you've have, you've uh, made yeah. some things happen that I I honestly I didn't think was was going to happen. So thank you. Pretty amazing. Pretty yeah. amazing. All right, uh, Charles Pixley said, "Yes, you are in Fairyland." Sorry, was he talking about me or you, Charles? Were you talking about me or? He's Super talking D? about me. Yeah, you, I, you know my my uh, yeah optimism. Smith there. goes to Washington. Yeah, yes. right. Billy Jack. Wasn't that Billy Jack goes to Washington? Is that what his name was? No, not Billy Jack. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Oh, Mr. Smith. Who's Billy Jack? I think he was like a guy that used violence to uh, beat people. He was like a karate dude or something like that, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Beat up the politicians or something. I don't know. I can't remember. (laughs) Chris says you're singing, all I want for Christmas are my two audio boards. (laughs) (laughs) We got them. We did. We did. And, and by the way, the Christmas wish list is still up on it is still up on the uh, website if anybody feels inclined. Okay, cool. So uh, the other thing is about the stand up desk extension. Like I have yes. one, I use that. I'm That's so looking I, forward to that. Yep. So mine is permanent. I, I mean, even though I could go up and down with it, I didn't want to. So for me, I'm always standing up. At, in, in bonus round, I do have a stool, and occasionally I'll just sit down like I am now, which it doesn't look like I'm sitting down because it's pretty high up. But what are you planning to do? The the show. St- standing up or the prep for the show standing up? Uh, I'm going, well, ideally I want to do the show. I want to do it all standing up and I can sit down, you know, when I, when I feel like I need to or something like that. But mm-hmm. what I want to do is kind of recreate. And again, this goes along with everything else I was just talking about. The other stuff that, that I've gotten, the microphone, mm-hmm. the boom, the, the, the board, you know, um, yeah, you know, there's a few other things that I, I need, but yeah, I want to kind of recreate that, that studio that I, was trained in and that I, I worked in where every, everything was sitting up or was standing up with occasional, right. we, we had those chairs that extended up, you know? Right. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that you could kind of sit on and stuff like that, but it was all standing mm-hmm. and a, it's nostalgic for me because it's something that is just kind of like riding a bicycle. It's just, you know, but, but B it really has a lot to do with my own, my health situation too. You know, I got to get off my butt, you know, yeah. and it's really difficult to do to do what it I mean, is i do here without having that extension so yeah without having that stuff so Look, we're enhancing the life longevity health jevity of superdon and thank <laughs> you for all your donations yes. to make that possible that's yes. awesome really awesome really cool billy jack was he a vigilante i can't yeah, remember I think that's do right. that is, yeah that's maybe he was him. he made movies or something like there were a bunch of movies or something about billy jack i don't yeah. think I don't know. That was a real person, a fiction or a true. It might've been a true based on a true story. I don't know. So, uh, w- w- the results yesterday, did we get the results from yesterday's poll? 
do I remember? Did we did we show them yesterday? We actually just uh, skipped it all together yesterday. Wow. Uh, let me see here if I can pull it up for real quick. What was the poll yesterday? Do you remember? No, I don't. <laughs> don't remember. All right, it was the sixteenth, and so it was. Oh, now that Elon Musk is running Twitter, how will it change? Okay. That was that was uh, yesterday's, and um, look at that. Was, get worse and stay about the same was identical. Thirteen point seven percent. Yeah. Um, most thought it would get better. Not a majority, but most. Right. And then almost thirty percent said not sure. Listen, if you've been if you've been hanging out on Twitter, especially watching Elon's uh, mm-hmm. Twitter feed, yeah, um, it's been very entertaining because <laughs> people are going after him, and not, there really isn't anything that shakes Elon Musk. Yeah, um, he can pretty much handle just about anything. He gets thrown at him, and mm-hmm. so he's been giving a lot of the whiny celebrities yeah. uh, uh, a hard time, and okay. it's been it's been kind of fun to watch, but. We'll hey, see. Bolden, we'll Bolden says the sit-stand desk is amazing. He says he doesn't stand nearly enough, but he's raising it right now in your honor, Super Don. Yeah, dude, the one the one that's coming, it's it's like 37 inches wide. It's like the widest one that they've got. Mm-hmm. And it it just it raises. It just goes up and down. It's like got a, like a, a new hydraulic. Sorry, I have the window open. Right. Mine does too, but I, I'm like, I don't I can't be bothered with the up down thing. But I just keep it up. But that's me. The video makes it look really cool. Like you just yeah. click the thing and it just goes, mm-hmm, you know, and you just put your I monitor and keyboard. And- yeah, because the, the electric ones are the coolest, even though we're, we're Those global are too expensive. I just, you know, it's like you spend $300 on something, $400 on something like that. It's like, eh. We try to get by. We do. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, so you are going to host a big Thanksgiving party celebration next yeah Thursday. we got like 23 people coming over okay wow it's kids and grandkids and in-laws and the numbers we're still determining for ours usually ours are much smaller than that but uh now we'll have a vegan cheesecake apparently and this doesn't put leslie off the hook because her pies are amazing yeah. which we were able to enjoy and indulge in jason dean was there kevin tuttle was there we had a great time at that farm to table and uh Springville, Springville, or Springfield, Springfield. Uh, that was amazing. That was fun. So, over the bed desk. Yeah, you know, Leslie, they live in a, like a, 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 I don't know, they call it a fifth wheel, basically, but still as they're prepping their home, you know, having to gut yeah. it. And they're amazing what they do with their six girls in there. I And I met them all. Holy tamole, Leslie. I just, I bow down to you and your husband and your greatness for doing it. Wow, just incredible. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. So I'm ready for Thanksgiving, but we still have another show. Uh, we will be recording at least one hour for Sunday because I'm not traveling and I won't have any internet issues. However, we will do our AMA Saturday morning and, um, you know, figuring out how to put together at least one hour of new material for Sunday's broadcast. And usually the second hour is a best of, uh, from the week whenever possible. Super Don's put some good encores into the mix the last few weeks with the travel trips. And yep. uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else, anything else right. to say. I've got, let's see, I've got something else here. This came in okay. from Lorelai okay. a couple of days ago, and I forgot to mm. get to it. So Lorelai says, just started growing lettuce and arugula. I love the name. That is such a fun word to say. Arugula. Arugula. It's with like the crack. Yeah, well, the Kratky method. Are you familiar with that? 
I've heard of it, but I don't okay. know. She says, I don't know if you've covered it. No, we haven't. Um, she's still about a month behind on the podcast. It's a tabletop hydroponics in quart mason jars. Well, that's yeah. interesting. First attempt from lettuce is all about 30 days old. Great project for winter indoor growing. Did she have so a picture? I've got a, a series of three pictures here. So this yeah. is the first one here. Oh, look at that. Which I guess that's like the beginning looks like, yeah. I guess, mm -hmm. of it. Now I'm going to have to fix these pictures as I go to them here because they're on their side here. But here's okay. that wow. one. Wow, looking nice. Yeah. Beautiful red leaf button as well this on the left. One here. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Look at Growing that. right out of a mason jar. Uh -huh. I just I just water, I guess. We'll have to look at the crack key method. Reminds because me that's of, something you uh, can do inside, you know, during like during the winter. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This yeah. looks like there are grow lights in this involved in this. I want to know like what what um what what are these things here? Well, I think the baby lettuce, but is it growing in rocks in the I don't jar? know what those are. They're floating like on top there. Marbles? Cocoa sure puffs. <laughs> cocoa puffs. That's where it's getting its food. Cocoa puffs. That's what it looks Leslie like. Leslie said she just sent you a pic via messenger, Super D, because they oh. just had a baby born on the farm this morning. Really? There might be, might be pictures of new, I don't know what let was me, it, a uh, baby sheep or fawn. Let me get over there. I'll do to you what you do to me. Uh, do say do? something. Get, get, keep talking. I, do I do that all the time or just some, just barely, ever, hardly any, anyway? Okay. Oh boy, look at that. That's cool. Mom wants a vegan cheesecake. Anybody in Atlanta know how to make or find a vegan cheesecake for mom? I'll have to, I'll have to see if there's any place out there. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, mom, uh, I was invited to speak at the, uh, the next, next steps conference by a Tia Severino which will be over my birthday weekend. Um, it looks like 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of February, 2023. So we'll have to add that now to the upcoming events list as we start growing the 2023 calendar. I'll have so, to find out when Tia wants to come on and talk about that. Yeah. So that she called me this morning. By the way, I went and got my eyes checked. A little bit of difference in the uh, bifocal aspect of the close-up stuff. So, And then we're going to be introducing a new supporting sponsor, that is going to provide blue blocking technology glasses that I was hanging out with at the Red Pill Expo. They are awesome. It's kind of like the people that you want to support. You know them. They're good people. They they are liberty minded people, and they have great businesses. And you just want to support them. The, I'm happy to do so. We'll, we'll be introducing that soon. I'll have new glasses to wear. I don't know how long it'll take, but I'm very excited. Y'all are going to see a different a different look. I think Michael Bolden's going to be impressed. It's like very not conventional for me. Uh, what's going to, what you're going to see? Oh, look at that! Whoa, what is that? A baby giraffe? Yes, Robert, that's a baby giraffe. What? I I didn't grow up on a farm. What kind of animal is that? It's like it looks like a sheep to me. Looks like a tauntaun. It's cute. Oh, it's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, born into cold weather like they're having. That's an impressive. It's a ram lamb. A ram lamb. Yeah. Ram to lamb. Ooh. Hey, Black Betty, ram lamb. Yeah. <laughs> the same place. Well, congratulations. A new lamb. That's cool. Oh, that's really awesome. Just in time Leslie, for Thanksgiving. She's also my hero, Leslie. You know, what she does is amazing. Just amazing. I just like, I can't even compete. Not that we're trying to, but you know what I'm saying? You look at people that live in amazing ways and 
it's kind of like with me and Mike Adams, when we get together, we're like amazed at each other. And like, he's like, how do you do what you do? I'm like me, man, I'm a fraction of what you do, Mike. And like, it just goes back and forth, but we're here to do stuff and you have abilities, capacities to do those things. And those that are actually doing it, great respect, great respect. So, uh, let's see. Charles, what was it called? The the Kratky method? What was it for Charles Pixley's asking about? K-R-A-T-K-Y. Kratky. Krat- Kratky method. Kratky, yes. Those bell jars. Reminds me of the, the uh, West Side Story. Gee, Officer Kratky, I'm really hungry. I want to grow some lettuce. Well, okay, yeah. all right. I'm, I'm, gonna I'm not aware of that one. Improv singing. Um, but Kratky method there, Charles. So. Yep. So, um, like I'll, I'll get to hang out. Look, if that works accordingly, I'll be hanging out on my birthday with mom, uh, during the, the, uh, next steps well, it should be. in Atlanta. That'll be awesome. Cool. So that's new, new updates. Oh, Jeez. There you go. And, oh, Leslie says, you're so sweet, Robert. That reminds me of no, another song, but which I've sung for you, Super Don. What, you what sang for me, but. I think I have. You know that song, You're So Sweet? No. You're so sweet. Horse flies keep hanging round your face. Kentucky moonshine could never take I've your I've never heard this song before. And your eyes could give me goosebumps down to my toes. You're like the only no. rooster in the hen house. I guess it shows. <laughs> that was even perfect. The, even, the, even the dog doesn't like it. <laughs> You need to stop. You enjoyed that. You're so sweet. Okay. (laughs) All right, guys, let's uh, take a break and be back. God willing, less than 22 hours from now. Thank you for being here. The two or three and mom that were here and uh, share the show again, sign up for the emails and, or the newsletter. And we'll look forward to seeing you at the AMA for those of you patron supporters. And we'll get an email out to you that those that have donated uh, and that are not patrons, but you're, you know, just as awesome for doing that. And hopefully you can attend live or, we can give you a link to watch it later uh, for those of you supporting us in that way. So do I forget anything else or if we take a break? I think it's time to go. Yeah, it's either that or you're going to sing now because I sang two songs at least. You can't make me sing. We represent the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> okay, Thanks. that counts. There you go. All right, with that, <laughs> later, taters. Hope to see you all tomorrow. Thank you for being here. God bless you.